Hello everyone, this is Caleb UGM. You're listening to part one of a two-part Q&A series. This part took place right after the finale. Literally just moments have passed. In this part, we answer questions that we just come up with each other and just kind of talk about the game as a whole. Part two, which is going to happen next week, is the Q&A that involves the questions you guys sent in and is taking place about a year after recording. So look forward to that next week. But for now, I hope you enjoy part one of our Q&A. And for your listeners at home, this has just happened. The, the episode just ended. They just found out the ending. Oof. That was quite an ending. Oh, and for the record, I know that it kind of times up when I'm planning this episode, like when you think I'd explain the episode, how close it was to the anniversary of Back to the Future. This ending I came up with, I came up with way earlier than I even heard of the anniversary coming. It's just a happy coincidence. Isn't that funny? Yeah. <laughs> and if we could have released on it, it would have been perfect, but no, no, no. Yeah. We, are, we, are, uh, we are Pathfinder players, not magicians, sir. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Coming from Megas. Oh, wow. Okay. So what questions do I have? How did Valerian... Maybe, maybe I'm treading on next season's happenings, but how did Valerian and Suko get there? Uh, you're not treading on next season. God sent the man in white to each of them to convince them to come. And matter of fact, if you go to the Wikipedia page, uh, pdd.wikia.com, and read about both Suko's page and Valerian's page, I record the exact interaction they had with the man in white. Suko's is, uh, I particularly like it. It's it's pretty, kind of brutal, honestly. Nice. Because God often uses those who aren't even his children. What his did world. Valerian say to me that I couldn't hear? Leave my world. <laughs> we finally agree on something. And then we'll leave it to the people that listen to the podcast to petition you to, to bring me back eventually as myself. Oh, yeah. Your character will be like, why? I'll be so missed. If, I'll be so missed. How would David feel? I got a question for you. If God pulled them back into that world again. Not pull, but this, but what would be cool is the next time it would be knowingly. Mm. Now I become like a interdimensional. That is real person. Narnia stuff. Mm-hmm. Like the first time they were pulled through, and then later on, you know. The next time the man in white goes, now this time, it's up to you. And I go back as like an interdimensional. You come back. Wait, this warrior. time, can I bring stuff with me? You come back with exactly. a, <laughs> a minigun. David comes prepared this time. He has the nuclear launch codes with him. <laughs> I'll time. play again. I'll be David Bowen. <laughs> Bowen from oh, Dragonheart? I do have something to tell you. One demon didn't go back. One demon cheated the system and got to stay behind. Not Freddy. <laughs> yep, Freddy. <laughs> oh, darn it. Because he died, he went back into the dream world, and the angel of oh, death, yeah, never got the to destroyer, didn't take him back. Right, right. <laughs> so now you know why I took you guys back to Goshen. Mm-hmm. It was a little... Foreshadow. Yeah, foreshadowing. Yeah, so th- that's why you asked me, why do I think? Why? Yeah. I-, I asked Caleb the other day, maybe yesterday, why did you show us Goshen? And he's like, why do you think I showed it to you? <laughs> classic, classic Jesusing. Please never compare me to Jesus. <laughs> Just say classic rabbi answer. answer classic rabbi, yeah. Answer a question with a question. Um, okay. Uh, is Thaddeus completely out of story forever? Uh, I would never tie my hands by answering that, yes. Really? I Currently, I have no plans for what will probably be season three. Oh, but okay. you tie your hands saying I'm out of the story. Well, you said. I said I wouldn't play someone else. Right. Well, yeah, I want to tell my hand saying David's out of the story either. Well, what? We're not even done. We don't but even David, know the player, is yeah. out for next season. 
Right. Um, I could use the break anyway. Me too. <laughs> season three. What do you mean season three? Season two is mm-hmm. not going to take place in continuing the story with the Lich. Yeah. Maybe season. Okay, got you. Season three probably will. But I've I've literally made no planning to what season three is going to be about. I've made all my planning for season two. Okay. Um, I had this like this whole thing planned. It's been so long, and it just kills me how long it takes to get to where I was done planning. Yeah. And when I say planned, I like I have things in mind. You mm-hmm. change things all the time. <laughs> but this general idea. What's been going on in the north and and, and the war in general since war? David? Yeah. Okay, good question. Well, I reserve the right to say when I start season three to change my mind. In my mind, what I planned was the orcs come in and they're in the 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 enchanted forest. Mm-hmm. And when Wolfstorm are in there, all the trees are Rothrid's trees, and they're all going to come to life and rip apart the orcs and do a good job decimate their forces. The orcs from retreat, but then they're going to burn down the forest. Yeah. Um. So it's a rough war. I've I've played in my mind with a version of Core Hall that's been completely taken over by nature. Mm-hmm. Just completely overgrown and all that. I play my mind, so I'm not sure yet. But uh, I mean, we'll see. Because when I mean, just keep thinking. Orcs, I, I picture the orcs being beaten by the people in the yeah. north. Like that's just yeah. Valerian sent the orcs as like first Otter. first hit. Let them deal with them. Then he's planning on doing like um, he's dropping um, those pods. Remember he dropped those pods yeah. when you guys fought when he fought the werewolves. Mm-hmm. And the pods are open up and dead bodies are gonna come out and it's just plague victims. Plague. He's plague gonna victims. drop the plague again. Um, I also have a picture of the North being completely desolate with like just a few survivors left in, in the towers yeah. that float in the sky. But yeah. again, it's a picture of mine. I haven't come up with a solid storyline yet. Yeah. And my players always influence these things. So I can't plan out too far ahead anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, cause that, that's been kind of, I mean, David gets to go home. It's uh Thorin who has to stay and clean up the mess as far as the war is concerned at this point. Right. And so... Good. He, he started he, it. He should yeah. still have a hand in it. Well, uh, and I, and I still when when Valerian, I stick by my words. When Valerian called us, you two are traitors. I, I put my finger up. Technically, I'm not a traitor. War criminal? Absolutely. Right. Well, he wasn't the, calling you a traitor. He was calling David a traitor. Okay. The whole idea that he finally thought he had a real friend, and it took somebody from another world. And in the end, his his gut feeling was right that everything from another world is going to be bad news. Well, that kind of that kind of brings up a question what if i had played along with valerian does that change how this all would have ended well yes yeah, certainly it changed like the war wouldn't have happened and all that i probably would have unless you guys showed absolutely no interest probably would have still got you to this dungeon in a different way because i thought this was a cool ending it was a cool ending but certainly if you guys were going a different direction i would have taken that into consideration and stuff okay but this way part of my jamming philosophy and you'll hear if you listen to any of the episodes of pathfinder academy in our 200 series is I have this cool thing in mind. I think my players will like it. If they show interest, I continue to do it, let them feed into it, go on to it. If I, don't, if I don't find any interest, I do not force it on you. There was a whole thing with vampires and stuff. You guys did not show interest. We didn't go down it. So when you first went to Sanctuary, remember? Mm-hmm. You showed no interest. We're like, Phew. all right, that storyline's gone. I didn't force it on you. Mm-hmm. Sort of like playing with a cat with like a, a laser pointer. If the cat follows it, cool, we'll keep playing it. If not, don't worry about it. Sure. <laughs> so what happened with um, uh, the archives disappearing? We never did settle that. Yeah, that is a that is a thing in my back pocket for uh, to be like the hook of a, another storyline of somebody discovers it maybe in another world or maybe in another part of our world 
um, uh, of the game world that we were playing in. Mm-hmm. Maybe like, I don't know, 50 miles south of Coral. I don't know. Some other place. Somebody finds it 500 years from now. And there's ancient technology in there. All the schematics and a lot of the pieces to build the weather machines in there. Yeah. So they can find like this weapon of mass destruction. Maybe it's a no, thing to fight no over. Shards. Yeah. So it's it's oh. a, a hook for me to use later. That's yeah. what it is. Uh, how how has been your experience as the GM? I, I keep asking questions, and that they're coming more naturally now. What's your experience as the GM been? Have you thoroughly enjoyed it? Um, anything you would do differently? Interesting question. I've I've enjoyed it. I love it. I love seeing you guys react to things and and reacting to the crazy things you do, like starting a war with the Empire. Uh, the things I do differently. There's there's certainly things I do differently. The first battle that I killed you guys with because I overpowered it. I would have totally spent more time on the Coliseum encounter. Mm-hmm. That was a result of me just not spending enough time, and so it went poorly. I should what, have done David a whole lot more. Planning. I should have done a whole lot more planning. I would have given you more equipment. Um, I would have been spent more time on what beasts were hitting you. Mm-hmm. I just uh, on the on the, the victory mechanics. I just didn't spend. That's, there was a result of the GM not spending the time he should on the game. So I would have changed some battles around. Uh, not much else. I don't think I would have changed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've learned some lessons about how I pick my players <laughs> throughout the whole series. Yeah, through the first maybe ten episodes up to. Around end of season two. I was gonna say, Step do you two. think that, um, like, you G, do you right now GM any other any, any other, other games? Yeah, going on right now. No. But you have. Yeah, that's what built this whole world in the first and do you place. Play was in any other games right over now? Here. Two of them, yeah. So would you say that <laughs> are we a little more? Um, well, I know we're inexperienced, so there definitely was some of that stuff. Like, having... and, and guys, don't. I mean, we've we've just ended our this. The finale was on episode, but we were at episode 16 releases. 42. So An average of three hours. We've often done four, but we'll just say three times 42. You've put in 126 hours of role-playing. So you guys, at this point, I won't call you beginners no more. No, no, but I meant through a lot of it, especially in the early episodes, obviously, you had to hand-feed us a lot. But then when we kind of – that's kind of my question. So when we kind of did get into the groove of it Mm – would you say we were we're a little more even, um, what's the word, unorthodox, the way we play? Compared to other people I've seen? Just meaning play? the way we handle the whole right. construct of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Huh. Sort of the, fun we, the fun we have with it, the way we always kind of lean to extreme violence. Right, and, right, right. You know what I mean? Yeah, Quite, yeah. I would imagine a lot of people that are really into this kind of stuff probably try to lean more into the... Diplomacy. Yeah, you know, the, the sort of other side of it, the more RPG. I would say we, we were trying to play more what we would call uh, hack and slash type right. game than really immersing in an RPG. Right. Uh, you know, there's some things that were born out of just uniqueness. I've never given my players control of a nation before. I don't think I've ever played in a game where me and my fellow players had a control of a nation. So you had like these big decisions and things and the way you could influence the world and the way you made those decisions were uh, just by the situation was unique. Yeah. I don't know how another player would have reacted in that situation, you know? So definitely there were some things I'd never experienced with you guys owning a nation. <laughs> right, and the reason I'm asking is, like, if you talk about the sort of spiking of the listening, uh, do you think part of that might come from, you know, if people are listening to our podcast, because maybe it's, it's like, listen to these, however they want to put it, 
jokers or right. sort of it's a way different experience than no what the spike that why. we've occurred to now at the state of uh, November 9th 2015 uh, is I, I don't think sorry guys nothing to do with you guys it's just the longer time we've been doing a lot of ad campaigns we've partnered with softly speaking Sanskrit we had a guest in from another podcast a whole network so they come in from there and just in time the more people know about it the more they spread the word and so it increases exponentially uh, the reason I could say it's not because you guys are getting better at role-playing the more episodes there are is because each episode is about the same amount of views. 110 mm. is about the average for each Trailblazers episode. So, no, I, it's just it's just the nature of we've been around and we just grow quicker and quicker up to a certain point where you kind of peak and then your growth levels off from what I understand. But just as you guys, it's definitely your unique players. I don't think I, I, I've jammed for people like you before. Everyone's always a little bit different. You guys are different in the way you do things. That's what I was saying. Dom was often... It lends to a different kind of entertainment value, let's say. Yeah. Dom was definitely a a different... And we're all playing a serious campaign, which influences that, too. Um, Dom was a lot of a follower very often, but with his, like, Thaddeus character, who, if I had my way, never would have died, but it's the way the game goes. But for story-wise, I would have had Thaddeus and David the whole way through. Um, Me too, by the way. I thought that that was a real bummer. (laughs) That's yeah. what happens sometimes. Well, I mean, again, do I regret Fatty's not being here? Yeah. But at the same time, I, as a player, I felt not enslaved, but I had to play him. I had to play Thaddeus as Thaddeus. Yeah. He, he would never have gone along with... I mean, it would have been the same thing as asking him to renounce his god. He would never have served an evil cause or an evil Orokusaki. It just wouldn't have happened. Right. And so even looking uh, however many episodes back, I still have to stand by the decision and say, uh, it happened. Right. But like, like you said, Caleb, that's the way the game goes. Right. And Thaddeus, the way Dom played him, the way Dom plays all his characters a bit of a follower, uh, but Thaddeus would, would take point like, well, because of my beliefs, we're not doing it this way. And David's like, come on, let's just go be mercenaries and kill the lady who tortured the cat folk and it's like not if we can kill him. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to have him tortured. Only if we can kill him. And so, like, all right, they ended up not doing it. I think if Thorn was there, that would have gone differently. <laughs> so, uh, but the way you play mostly is kind of, kind of, yeah, the advisor role, uh, whereas Dave was more of a leader. But this campaign I did on purpose through tough decisions at you because a theme that was almost announced from the beginning. There's that foreshadowing was gray area. Mm-hmm. Valerian gave a big speech about gray area. The whole campaign has been gray area. When did you guys ever have really a black and white decision? As a nation, you constantly had to make all oh, these yeah. gray area yeah. where you would argue both sides. And then how many Arguably. times when people would have to confront you with your decisions, you argued from the way you saw things, they argued from the way you saw things. That culminated in the talk with Valerian like two episodes ago where you were you were, you were saying you were, you were going to take away our freedom, so we fought for it. And he was like, I didn't kill a single person. Your freedom isn't real freedom. You both mm-hmm. saw it different ways, but you both made decisions based on how you saw things. Yeah. But well, there I was mean, no black and white. Was it wrong or right for you to start the war? Is a good question. Was it wrong or right for Valerian to react that way? It's tough. Gray areas. And then as Christians, I know three of us, as we are all Christians, we do have a genuine black and white because God tells us what is right and what is wrong. For most cases, there are some areas like that. It's a, there's always like Christians argument themselves with this have been right or wrong. 
but uh, we know that the loving thing, the thing that reflects God, what Jesus would have done, these are the right things, right? Amen. Amen. So I think that also reflects a perspective from a Christian compared to what everyone else might do. Uh, when you're in gray area, gray area comes from no basis of what is right and wrong. When each person defines what is right, David's people, the, the Lin Kuei, define what is right is that we have a choice in our own freedom and that we keep our traditions and that there's an Orokusaki. That is and what's... And, and, and that's why I wanted Thaddeus to not die. Yeah. And we didn't really have a chance to play to talk that through. Right. But the, that was my whole thinking. This whole game, that was my whole thinking. And I was trying to play it as true as I could. But see, for Thaddeus, it was a different scenario because he's a Christian, but that's his world. So if you're playing it honest, for me, if, if you're looking at it from reality, mm-hmm. if all of a sudden, I, if that really happened, all of a sudden I transport into some interdimensional world. Well, that's not in the Bible. So now we're right. in uncharted territory. So I had to start realistically playing things relative to the scenario. And I think so, we saw a change in David's character from yeah. before and after Thaddeus. Yeah. All yeah. of a sudden, David no longer had that moral compass sitting on his shoulder, and he was doing the best he could without that perspective. And that's why I wanted Thaddeus to play along because when he was when Thaddeus was saying when Don was just saying Thaddeus was I would never serve an evil leader, mm-hmm. but it was all relative. We were mm-hmm. serving Valerian the whole time, and mm-hmm. what made Valerian a righteous leader? <laughs> it was just us making right or wrong decisions, even if we were working for somebody. We were never right. actually working for anybody. Yeah, and that's the way I looked at it. So I said, Yeah, I'll, I work for Oroku. Mm-hmm. And I did what I did. I just played it out into a situation where I killed him. You know, right, yeah. so that was kind of my. I always had a sort of long view way of thinking. I wasn't just making instant decisions based on principles like that, right. because or else that's what would happen. I knew that's what would happen. I would die really fast instead of letting <laughs> things kind of play out. And I mean, admittedly, that's the hard part about playing different characters, uh, like I had to do. Um, once Thaddeus died, I, I played a brief, brief amount of time a, a ranger ca- kind of type of character right. in the middle there. Who was killed by a Roku it, or the dragon? Yeah, smash the dragon, him. dragon yeah, smash him. Firmithrax. Uh, yeah. Uh, to be to be bluntly honest, when I was playing him, I did not know what to do with myself. I wasn't sure how to go about it because I'm going from playing this Christian, righteous, black and white character mm-hmm. to. Okay, what do I do now? My 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 beliefs are no longer there, and that, that I think that's what you really see come out in Thorin. Uh, if the listeners could have, Thorin really did come into his own. Um, if if the listeners could have heard like half the conversations Caleb and I had uh, off of the mic about Thorin and, and what Thorin's thinking is, and and again, oh, yeah, the listeners don't know Thorin had a big fetish with death. Yeah, at the start, and that kind of disappeared. Yeah. Um, what, and, you know what it was? I think it's once you actually started seeing death, you're like, maybe this isn't as cool as I thought it was going to be. Yeah. We hit on it with Valerian telling David about um, the plans that my dad, uh, Vermithrax, and I had hatched to try and remove him. And uh, there, there were absolutely times where I would not think, as, in the character of Thorin, not think twice about finding that opportunity, opportune moment to stick David right in the back. Um Partly because it never came, I felt it never came. Partly because uh, Thorin's views changed, um, which is what I always want for my players. I character development and storyline are my, as a GM, my two big concerns. Mm. It's not the concern of every GM, but it is a mine. So I love that there was character development for Thorin. Yep. 
And uh, honestly, right after uh, Vermithrax died, any kind of plan, plotted coup went right out the window. At that mm. point, it, it was, okay, I no longer have a need. I no longer have anyone to live up to at this point. Let's just see where things go. So that, that's where, I, I guess, uh, that, that change of character comes in uh, to the whole story. Because you have Thaddeus on the one hand, black and white, and Thorne on the other hand is very pragmatic in how he's dealing with things. Like Suko, uh, I remember one incident, uh, she was having a tiff with her boyfriend, Echiro did something, Thorne had him do something else, and it pissed off Suko even more. Uh, and I remember Caleb, off, off a, a side comment, said, wow, good job at pissing off Suko even more. I'm like, yeah, that's what I was trying to do. <laughs> uh, Thorne got absolute enjoyment out of seeing Suko pissed off and not at home with herself. And there's the difference between David and, Co- and, and Thorne. Thorne, immediate now gratification, bug Suko more. Maybe Dave wouldn't do it because long-term it ended up making just one more reason on the pile for her to turn into the person she became. Yeah. when like I like to, on the, the Wikipedia, I always have for each season, I have, like, what were the themes? And, like, this whole theme we're talking about, like, of gray area, and then we keep talking about white area. I think it's, like, it's like a different lesson for, like, um, whoever you are. Us as Christians, the lesson is... I forcefully put you in a situation where we do have a definition of white. We've defined our white by what God gives us as good and wrong, right and wrong. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then the world is not black and white. The world is gray. How does a Christian live in a gray world when we have black and white values? And you can see how it gets rough. I think for a non-Christian, you see when you see like the um, – like I was saying earlier, the Lin Kuei who – they define their white as their tradition, their freedom, their Orokusaki. And then Valerian defined his white as whatever Mana wanted, right? As Mana and her character, and her character wanted a unified world. And he also added into that white, uh, you know, a, a, a world that could protect itself, a yeah. world that was unified. These were things that ended up being opposed to each other because both people defined their white differently. Whereas the Christians are all unified on our white is defined for us in Christ. Usually. Usually we are. Right. But we still have to live in this gray world. David's, yeah. even as a Christian, Thaddeus, even as a Christian, was making tough decisions because it's a real tough world. Crap happens in our world. Mm-hmm. We, we don't make mistakes that we think the world is it's, also It's what's called about. application. There's knowing what it is, but then just like in, in real life, it's how you apply it yeah. to the day-to-day scenarios as they change. And there is no... Uh, you know, for anyone who hears this that isn't religious, I think they get the wrong idea that the Bible for religious people is some sort of like car manual. Like, oh, this <laughs> is happening. Uh, go to the index, page 26. They'll tell me what to do. It doesn't work <laughs> like that. Mm-hmm. It's more thematic. Is gives us more of uh, its metaphors. The best. You're on a path, but you still have to walk it. it you yeah. don't just start at the end. So I think the most basic example, the most basic example ever given is lying is wrong. Yeah, but. Could I have lied to the Nazis who were asking me where the Jews were? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. like that's the most basic example of here's what we say is right and wrong, but how do you apply it? Yeah, it's and and we all know what it really comes down to. It's all what's the, your heart can you know. It's your motivation. It, it's what you're why you're doing what you're doing is more important than what you're doing. Right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I would agree. But be careful. Don't go to Valerian and justify the means there. Mm-hmm. Be careful how far you take that. And you'll turn into a guy. And 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 in a sense. Uh, that that's the careful scales balance on the gray, is that on Valerian you have the one end where he's end justify the means kind of guy will do anything to protect mana, to unify the world, to keep his people safe, and on the other hand you have um, 
so many characters trying to find that white, I guess. Uh, try, trying to live by that white. Right. And then each time still falling short. And that was the one part of Valerian I never believed, no matter how much he said it. It's just impossible for any person, you know, he was always trying to play it off like he had no interest in the power itself. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But the whole time, I, you know, that's what I was really railing against is like, no matter how you put it, if this ends with you being emperor of the world in one man, whether you have a senate or not. He wouldn't be upset about it. We saw it. how Rome went. <laughs> that, that's yeah. an evil motivation you know right I mean? so, but at its core is a good motivation a unified world who wouldn't want that right you can see oh that, but i mean there it there is a few people we, we, in we hit up and said i want to be an evil villain everybody right. thought <laughs> right exactly. we, we we said it a few weeks back hell is full of good intentions yep the road hell, to hell is paved with good intentions i mean um even if valerian united the world i mean and i guess that was part of thorne's concept of being for war against the empire even if the North lost, which, I mean, in Dorne's mind was a complete foregone conclusion. There was no way they could go toe-to-toe with the Empire. And we, we talked about this in a group, um, uh, that the Empire was getting to that point of critical mass. That, the, right. that point was approaching where no one could stop them. Even if the Dwarves didn't intercede, even if the Southern Isles didn't rebel, even if uh, people weren't trying to make hell for the Empire... Even the hope for the North would be to at least cripple the Empire enough to where it, it prolonged that period yeah. to get to critical mass. I think Remember? that was a thing that um, Achiro said when he gave his big speech, and which was, I think, part of Suko's motivation was, even if we don't succeed, we show the world that you can fight back. Yeah. And if we roll over, if they see that the last bastion of power rolls over, no one's going to try to stand up to them. Well, and, they and wanted again, to be an example. Even if they lost, they were the example. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I keep telling, I keep going back to this one, Caleb. I think of that Greek general who uh, was facing the entire Nazi army invading Greece, and he was asked, uh, you, "Do you really think you can beat the Nazis?" He said, "No, not at all. But at least Greece's honor is preserved." Mm-hmm. And so that 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 was the governing quote for the North for me. Do you really think you could beat the Empire and defeat all their machines? Oh, not at all. But at least our honor's preserved. At least we did something. Well, plus, remember, in our war planning, we never even discussed winning the war. Yeah. The whole concept was total success would have been a stalemate. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They're, they're, just they're, make, them, just make, make it not worth it for them to just go, you know what, then it's everything but the North. That, yeah. that would have been a victory. I, I don't think any of us thought we were going to overthrow well, and destroy the Empire. The Empire is really the only powerful, only power powerful enough in this world. Uh, to be able to occupy another country successfully. I mean, what were we going to do? March the Enchanted Forest down to Core Hall no. and say, you're occupied now. You're no, right. it wasn't we, we, we don't have the manpower. We were just trying to keep them, make it not worth it. Yeah, and and, and that was the idea, uh, to the listeners, I guess, behind killing the, the government of the Empire, hitting them hard at home. Um, Core Hall itself was besieged in its past. The The thinking was... If we could make it bloody at home for them, if if we could kill their leaders, if we could knock out their power structure, um, mm. then the plan would. It, it's possible that we could fight them to a stalemate, but the the plan failed when Valerian didn't die. It, right, Valerian's <laughs> a, a motivator, a speaker. Yeah. So he turned the whole thing, and now like that end result of it's not worth it. That's mm-hmm. not on the table for them anymore because the way he put it in the light was. 
we can't coexist anymore. They yeah. no matter if we even if we get peace, they attacked us in a time of peace. They'll just do it again. We exactly. have to beat them. That's that's and, the light he's shown on it because he can do things like that. Yeah, he can yeah. mess with people's minds, yeah. and not magically, was, just you know through the way he talks. That that was the Operation Valkyrie moment. Honestly, um, the whole plan of Operation Valkyrie is a wonderful concept. If Hitler is dead, what's Operation Valkyrie? Um, Which Operation to kill Hitler. Operation Valkyrie was a group of Nazi officers. Uh, you tried and failed to kill Hitler. I tried wait, to fail and kill Hitler. Don't forget what their what their full plan was. Oh, of course, I know. I remember. Uh, Why they were trying to kill Hitler? Yeah, th this is only a small um, break off from it. I mean, the they, the reserve army would con take maintain control of the Reich. The SS would be eliminated. Um, the only problem with the plan, Hitler didn't die. Yeah. And so the only problem with the only tremendous problem with our plan, Valerian didn't die. All right. They were going to kill or imprison the entire SS. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Wow. But their plan, they weren't doing it because they thought Hitler was wrong necessarily. Mm -hmm. They did it because they thought Hitler was a poor war general. Yeah, they were going to kill Hitler so that they could win the war. They felt mm -hmm. like if they could do what they wanted, they could win. Yeah. But what was the reason for kill the SS? Did they see the humanitarian? Because that's oh, his private army. They oh, were okay. faithful to Hitler. The SS so, was within the army. Remember gotcha. when we Got saw you. that movie? That's why they shot the SS. And oh, yeah, yeah. I know about the SS. I just didn't know if they were wanted to kill the SS because of the hor the horrificness of them or because no. of they were impersonal. I know because the SS would have been would gotcha. have been in the way. Gotcha. Um, but, yeah, that... So I they mean, still wanted to rule the world. They just right. felt like they had a better plan. Yeah. And, and Valerian, again, like, you, you even if you were in open combat, Valerian... Mm -hmm. Little did everybody know he's a capable fighter. Yeah, he was trained classically when he was being brought up to fight, and then he also learned magic, learned how to summon mm -hmm. things. He obviously learned. You saw when he drenched himself in flames. I forget what the spell is called, like elemental body. He can turn himself into living flame. Like he's yeah. he's no pushover. If he was any other normal guy, even like even a Rokusaki, if he was a Rokusaki, maybe Rokusaki would have been assassinated. Maybe he mm -hmm. wouldn't have survived. But yeah. Valerian is just so capable. Even with Valerian twisting it like that, the plan could still work. The people are all rah rah at first, but it's still, you know, there's still it's the, the reality of war. Time. Sets I mean, in. And if that, enough people come home on the shields, the people would, would yeah. you know, turn. And that originally, I mean, th there was a brief moment where I think we were talking to Rothred and Sedonis where I brought up the concept of biochemical warfare or biological warfare. Right. Hit them with, uh, we have vampire children and werewolf children in the forest. Right. Hit them with that. They're going to hit us with the plague. If, if, if they're going, I mean, and, and this is coming from a concept that Valerian is pragmatic. He's the ends justify the means. If he's going to hit us with the plague, I saw no reason as Thorin why we shouldn't hit him just as hard back with our own chemicals and, and, and biological then, agents. If I had been allowed to play the war out, part of the war would have been a counter propaganda mm -hmm. where you start sort of right. putting dissidents out into the people of Korhal and say, you know, start changing their minds like mm -hmm. you know if you know no matter what valerian says it is oh. if the north is left alone the killing stops and if the north is not left alone the and killing you know what that yeah. was another example of me letting you guys choose what we did mm -hmm. you were at the point where like i want to walk away from the war i want to walk away from the war let's go if you were going like you were still making plans and strategies and you wanted to keep being involved this ending might not have happened yeah well what screwed that up was the gun us missing the gun back in time and that order being carried out right the timing of the whole thing was not the way i yeah. planned it yeah I want, I want to clear that up. i actually thought it was i thought you wanted to do it for the end of the month so it was a surprise wow. attack i wanted no, it prepared it, yeah so when if, were you going to carry it out 
if Valerian sent someone a messenger, someone ordering. Because in one month's time, plan. you were going to be replaced. Mm. You were going right. to be fake killed. My plan was I was going to set everything up. I was going to run everything to that moment, and then give Valerian one more chance to turn away. Gotcha. And then if he continued with the war, then I was going to say, "All right, then we're at war." But I was going to give him that. It was going to be on him. See, that's interesting because like you're giving him a chance. His whole thing was, I'm going to fake your death, be- have a new guy become the Orokusaki. Before that day, he was going to know I wasn't going to do it. Gotcha. And his choice was going to be, leave it be with gotcha. the North or war. Now, what made you, what made you decide not to um, let him have his plan? Because playing is myself. Like, it, was it the whole because thing of, of I'm not letting you get one step closer to... That critical mass. The critical mass, or what was Because the... of my background and principles and the way I think about the world, no one person right. should gotcha. be in charge of a world. It just it cannot be. Right. And then when we learned more about the Lin Kuei, it kind of spoke to me because I'm a fan of that culture in real the inspiration, life. Inspiration, Japanese, culture, and samurai culture. And nature and... And one of the most terrible things that ever happened is when they killed all the samurai in the name of progress. That really happened. And right. it was terrible. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the samurais were no threat to anyone other than the emperor of Japan at the time saying, we just can't be this way anymore, so either stop being this way or die. Anyone who puts it to you like that is wrong. Right. And that's what Valerian was doing. And so if I'm playing it true, I would say, well, yeah. <laughs> no. It's not going to be like that. Yeah, they you're not going to let the same mistakes. Here. The thing that he wanted you to have an advisor for, I want you to help me not make the same mistakes your world were. You were and, doing. You're like, this I was a mistake my world made. I don't I want you to do it. And so my, my, my plan was, as it came very close to that date, I was going to in some way message him, obviously not face-to-face, gotcha. and say, listen, I'm not doing it. And I, you know, I was almost going to like beg him, just walk away from this. Don't. Don't do it. We, 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 can, we, are, we can have our two countries be at peace and maintain relations. And if he still said no, that it would have happened the same way it did. Then I would have right. gave the order. But I was going to make him make the first. My plan was not to make the first move. Like so gotcha. here's, here's a question for David. Why wasn't, um, what, was, uh, what was Valerian's uh, secretary's name? Duran. Duran. Why wasn't Duran on the list? Personal I, that, assistant. That, that's something I never figured out. As Dominic or Thorne, why? You know, why? There's, not, there's nothing real deep to it. He asked me who was on the list, and I felt like even in the ruthlessness of what was going to be the war, I didn't want to kill just for the sake of killing. Mm-hmm. And I didn't see a point to killing Mana or Duran, other than those are just people I knew worked for the Empire. Right. Yeah, what Thorin... Killing his personal assistant, you know, that that, that to me was... There was nothing strategic. It wasn't. He was not a strategic military target. Yeah. And, the Senate and, has a strategic attack purpose, to it. Yeah. Mana, I didn't do. I have to admit, for two reasons. One is because she was the only person I met in the whole world that was like worth anything. <laughs> and the other was I felt like killing her would have the opposite effect. Right. Killing yeah. her would have made him. He would have just went down in a blaze of glory and took everybody with him. There would have been no reasoning with him if he killed Mana. This is this is where your Thorin's thoughts and David's thoughts kind of diverge because for Thorin, it didn't have to be a strategic military target. For him, he has the very much the philosophy for the war: hit it until it breaks. You you cause enough damage, you kill enough people, 
you you bloody the empire enough and eventually it was going to cave it's now, it's what he what valerian said in his speech we're gonna make war so bad for them they're gonna beg us to stop absolutely and that was the concept and for mana i they were, he was never gonna kill her kidnap her and hold her for ransom absolutely he had no issue with that he had no issue to mess with mana in any way would have been a mistake oh and, and again this is i i had to play Thorin as Thorin. I, I, as Thaddeus, I would have known that. I would have said, no, this is all an awful idea. Making war, are you guys insane? Or, and Thaddeus would have thrown the concept of war right out the window. Thorin didn't know any of that, anything about mana. Because, remember, Thaddeus, though his memory was wiped, he still had the understanding of what mana We knew meant. how important yeah. she was to him, even with our memory wiped. Thorin, being a young a young buck, son of a dragon, hit it till it breaks. You You... You make them, and you know what? He would have been bleed. successful. He would have broke Valerian, and, mm -hmm. and David's correct. I can tell you, as the guy who plays for Valerian, plays yeah. guy, he would have broken, and mm -hmm. it would have gone unwell for everyone. Yeah, both everyone involved and people who were not involved. Yeah, well, and absolutely, like I said, Thorne's not thinking strategically. He's hit it till it breaks, and that speaks to David's principle of no one. And I think uh, we call it David's principle. It's we've learned it as man. No one mm -hmm. man can be in charge of the world. That's, that's yeah. we've learned that from our history. Um, yeah. Imagine if Valerian had in charge of the whole world, loses mana, goes and insane. It, he okay. has the power of the whole world in his hands. Absolutely. The only thing worse than one man in control of the world is an unhinged man <laughs> in <laughs> control of the world, and that's what he would have been. It would have been total mayhem. Yeah. Even the kidnapper would have caused total mayhem. He wouldn't have just been like, "Okay, tell me where to drop the bag." <laughs> you know, he would have come with everything. You know yeah. what I mean? Women, children, he would have killed everybody. Everyone. All right. Moving away from this, I got a question for you. Of course. Who was your least and your most favorite NPC? Ooh. Favorite characters, least favorite characters. Accent-wise, it had to be Kaiser Soze. <laughs> My Kaiser terrible. Soze. I apologize to all our German listeners. I'm so sorry. Kaiser. And while we're at it, we have a we have a, our second biggest portions from Australia. When I did um, Gordon Ramsay, I want to apologize. I know Gordon Ramsay's Australian, but the accent I tried to pull on was a bit Australian. I apologize, every Asian listener ever. I apologize. <laughs> I apologize for all my accents. Ah, uh, you know, uh, and uh, my second favorite accent had to have been that when we went back in time, that gate guard, the guy who was always yelling. The guy kept screaming for John. <laughs> you like this Oreed? Oh, that that had me rolling. But uh, as far as favorite characters, another throwaway character. Yeah, and as far as favorite, <laughs> as far as favorite characters had to be. My favorite accent was the shopkeeper. I I have to admit, my least favorite was Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> my least favorite character I ever had to deal with was Gordon Ramsay, and that's why I got so much stinking pleasure out of watching him just. Suffer uh, when when Valerian, or when um when Phoenix was just kicking the crap out of him. Oh, I, it was sinful how good I felt. <laughs> um, favorite character. You 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 go next, David. I have to think about that. All right, one. I have a tie for favorite character. Okay, was Phoenix and Lightning. Were All right. Why is that? Yeah, because they both were part of the party or allies, however you want to put it. Okay. And I felt like they both um. They both kind of added a dynamic to the whole thing, and they were so different from each other. You know, Phoenix was good because he was more like another – it was like my only ally in half those episodes. Like me and Phoenix right. kind of had the same point of view a lot. 
you know which I, mean? I find interesting because his point of view is is pretty crazy yeah mm-hmm. but but i just meant the directness of just like listen let's stop like because we 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 got into a group yeah later. he's direct definitely but in the early episodes we as i'm sure all the listeners and us if we go back and listen there was so like i got very frustrated with the game in the beginning with that when we were the bigger group of players there was so much debating and hair splitting over every little decision over every uh you know little thing and so phoenix was the only other character with me that was just kind of like listen we have to like go in this castle and kill everybody. What are you guys talking about? Well, remember we went to the Lich's castle and we're blood golem prior and we're trying to figure out, yeah. like, dude, we're in a Lich's castle. Anyone stands between us and where we're going, what are you talking about? <laughs> we're going like, to sit down that, and like, have a debate about. That's where that heavy Christian influence of Thaddeus comes in. Yeah. because Which is uber Christian. It's not even just Christian. Yeah, it's it, uber it's, Christian. There's no it, paladins in our but world. The way Thaddeus no. was, I mean, the, the closest, let's just go home. Like, the closest thing I had to model for Thaddeus was a Crusader Knight. Right. And even a Crusader Knight would have had no problem, well, we can tell from stories, no problem butchering anyone who got in his way. Thaddeus had that uber, uber Christian, I can't kill anyone, but at the same time, I have to slaughter everything that's evil. Right. So. Those two came into conflict and head-to-head in the Lich's castle, and he had to make decisions based on, A, his Christian uh, upbringing of love and mercy, but B... These things are evil, and that's why when it came to the blood golem, uh, a quote from Van Helsing that I thought about was, evil may have created it, evil may have formed it, but evil does not rule it, so I can't kill it. And then we all know the story how David just stuck her in. And in the end, I'll reveal to you guys now who was essentially right, or was it? and it's a weird thing that you guys could never figure it out. You guys knew what you knew. Um, God gave her a soul at the last minute. And well, she, good. Then I sent her home. Yeah, and and she, <laughs> and uh, so she no! had free. She had agency over herself, and she just wanted to go and and explore life. But then that all stuff happened. This is the way mm. it went. And then my least favorite character was Suko. Well, actually, go back before Suko. Why did you like Lightning? Uh, because Lightning, I didn't. It not Lightning as the Lightning bugs. Yeah. But lightning, in a way, kind of replaced Thaddeus for me. Because then, from then on, every decision I made, I was like, well, lightning's not going to like that. And lightning was a model of Thaddeus, in a way. He he got a lot off of Thaddeus. Right, so that replaced Thaddeus. So he, that's why he kind of moved into that mm-hmm. slot. Because he was the only player that I was concerned with his opinion right. morally on what I was doing. And then your least favorite person killed your favorite person. Suko stabbed right. him in the back when he was like, that, that's not, just like that's old times. She's like, yeah, just like old times. Stab! Thorne was upset with that when he saw that. He was less upset that Lightning died and more upset that Suko was the one to do it. Mm-hmm. Anything that at that point Suko did just kind of put Thorne in a rage. Right. In like, like a Suko red rage. My least favorite player long before that. <laughs> had nothing to do with that. She was my least favorite player character during the th- character during Thaddeus. She was nothing but just complete <laughs> trouble from. I just hated it. I, every episode with her, I hated it, and I hated the way everything was like. She was nothing but a problem the whole time. Um, like why we didn't ditch her at any point? Why did you let her become understand. your daughter if you hated her so much? Because you, I, you said to her, "You're my daughter." You made it was that decision. The only way I felt like 
I knew that if I set her loose completely, like it was almost like a um, premonition. I knew you were going to somehow bite me with her. <laughs> really? Like, yeah. Because she was the whole time. She was always Thorn, a thorn in my side. Thorn would have had no problem executing her on the spot at any moment. Well, I didn't want to do that either. But I, I felt like if I made her my daughter and kept her close, I could handle her. Mm-hmm. Which obviously didn't work out. And, but my intention was right. to handle her. Yeah. And you know what? Suko is probably the prime example of all, everybody in this campaign. The 42 weeks that we ran it. Um of the person that developed the most because of your actions. She started, she had a very blank template of who she was. Just, you saved my life, so my life is yours. And then, as you gave her more agency and more freedom, like, Suka, what do you want to do? She came up with her own opinions her whole life. Her opinion didn't matter. And then she started learning. And then she went through trauma, after Mm -hmm. trauma, after trauma. And then that affected how she handled just everyday things. she blamed everything. Never blamed herself. Suka, nothing was ever Suka's fault. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe not she was right or wrong. Nothing was ever Suko's fault yeah. to her mind. And she was behaving in ways, reacting to normal situations in abnormal ways because of, for lack of a better term, her psychosis from all the abuse she endured. So a normal person would be like, oh, my party was canceled. There was a lot of planning. It's a big depression for me. But her result is fine. I will sell my body if that gets it back. And then yeah. if anyone stops me, I will bitterly hate them. And I will, I will kill them if I have to. Because that became her new thing. It, that's her See? psychosis was her reaction to a normal scenario. But you just was, didn't get your way. Yeah, mm-hmm. She was just trouble the whole way. I didn't like her. I mean, and again. I, it took her with us if it was up to me. Early <laughs> on, what Thaddeus saw in her was that blank template of someone who needs help. Now, as Thaddeus, looking back at, at the moment of his death, one of the things that was going through my mind that whole session was, wow, how much did I screw up? Mm-hmm. Bringing, dragging Suko back to the north, dragging her through all this drama. And as for Thaddeus, that tortured him. Hmm. Um, that, that really did bug him as a, as a character. Um, it's always difficult to separate yourself from your character in, in certain ways. Um, but it bugged me as the player, and it bugged Thaddeus as the character mm-hmm. that 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 happened to her. Mm-hmm. Thorne couldn't couldn't have cared less for her. Hated her. Uh, oh, hated her. Hated her. Uh, he saw her as the prime obstacle in his way to killing David. He really did. He she was always there at the inopportune moments, uh, and and as things went on, that hatred stayed there. But the the desire to kill David went away. The <laughs> if, if I mean, well, if you want to become uh, Rokusaki now, I don't think you're oh, yeah. killing the Rokusaki. Even in this last battle, the last one that we just went through, oh, the thoughts going through my mind of how okay now that this battle's coming to a close, how can I kill Suko? How 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 do I kill her? Here? <laughs> I mean, I, I I I'm my character's kind of depreciated in in power, but I could could I take her on in a head head to head fight without my magic? Yeah. Um. Those were the thoughts that were going through my head just we now. Should have just good Samaritan her. Oh, what's that? Just took you know, just take her to an inn, pay for her medical treatment, and oh, make you, she gets yeah, better. Hindsight's twenty twenty. Hindsight is twenty twenty. Well, I mean, and, and you say there is a lot of things that led up to Suko being Suko. I don't think we can say that you guys didn't make some mistakes. I think there's other things you could have done that would have changed how Suko turned out. Mm-hmm. Everyone made mistakes. Her thing was always blaming you. Yeah. But the truth is there was a thing or two to blame. 
Uh, everybody had a part to play on how she turned out. But and and at the end of the day, as a player looking in, yeah, some some I have to take some of the blame for that. But at the end of the day, Suko is Suko because of Suko. Uh, I'm going to stick by with no one forced her to sell her body. No one forced her. Yeah, right. she she was traumatized, but no one forced her to do it. Or even to put on the mask. No one forced her to do it. And, and she remembers history differently. That's something I picked up on as the player. I couldn't say it as Thorin. But she remembers as you forced me to put the mask on. No, we, no, we didn't. You grabbed it and put it on yourself. We didn't do. We didn't do Jack Diddley squat. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you, you really see her trauma, and the way she views life twisting the way she sees past events. Yeah, she sees you letting her put on the mask mm-hmm. as you. You, it's your reason that the mask was on me. Mm-hmm. Like she's yeah, she sees that twist. She she's twisting it, and and it's not twisting it to her own benefit. It's twisting it because I, I honestly, as a player, really think that as a character made up, yes, but as a character, she in her head, she really sees it that that's the way it happened. She's not doing it because oh, I this is a, this is a win for me. No, she she really thinks in her heart of hearts, yeah, they forced me to put it on. Mm-hmm. That's right, and I can. I can you know, and actually, fra- I'd phrase it differently. She doesn't think that you guys forced her. She just thinks that it was your fault. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, in a it, sense, it all was our fault because she shouldn't even have been with us at all. In the, it's funny you say that. That it was your favorite. She's actually my favorite character so far. Really? Valerian's always been my favorite character, but of him course. aside, she was my favorite. Mm. I I liked how much she developed and changed, and how you guys influenced, uh, had a uh, how your actions changed, how she turned out. I'm still working on my favorite, but who's your least favorite character? My least favorite up? character? Yeah, that popped up. Can you have your own least favorite character that you created? Cer- certainly. Um, hmm. While I'm thinking about that, and while you guys are thinking, tell me who is who, who did you like? Who's who? Who's your funnest to go up against? Who's your favorite villain? Favorite villain? Ooh, I would have to say my favorite villain. That way, I. You know, I liked Alex. She wasn't my favorite, but I, I wish she had more time to be developed. I liked Al- Alexandra yeah. Mahone a lot. Yeah. I think she had a cool, uh, she had cool potential, but then she oh, got yeah. killed. Yeah. Um, my favorite—I wouldn't call her a villain. Uh, honestly, it'd probably be her it, at the uh, the meadow scene, the um, the uh, the border scene. There we go. Uh-huh, okay. Uh huh. Okay. Where she was leading uh, imperial troops to slaughter. Imperial or slaughter uh, vampires and werewolves, women and children as well. Vampires and werewolves, yes, but women and children. Yep. And in my mind, still, I mean, still kind of adapting to Thorin. That was wrong. That was low. He, Thorin was thinking, how could I use these people to my advantage? But at the same time, that was just low for something to do. And that that Thaddeus mindset kicking back in. Well, these are women and children. She's killing. You got to do something. Um, she would have to be like my favorite villain. I had to go up against. Not not that she's a villain. I, I wouldn't okay. qualify her as a villain. Be but... like that that back and forth. Oh yeah, absolutely. That that person who could be reasoned with. A new couldn't have been reasoned with. Um, the uh, many of the other villains we faced couldn't have been reasoned with. They were evil guys. Had to die. Alex, she was just following orders. Mm. If if if. The encounter had gone differently, and we had found a way to capture her and stop everything, and we put her on trial. Uh, at the end of her life, when she went and met God, why did you kill all those women and children? I was just following orders. I, forget, I think I had a character, I forget which one, say some of the worst things that have ever happened in the world. 
were done by people who were just following orders. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that. That's what makes her so fascinating for me as a character. And by the way, in the American military, there is uh, a rule that you never have to follow an unjust or immoral order. So your general can't order you to go in the street and kill everybody. German one. Well, too. he told me to do it. You know, <laughs> like that. Yeah. If it's an immoral order, you don't have to follow it. After after World War Two, the and to this day, the German military still has something similar to that. And so do we. So. Our generals can't say, go kill all those women and children. Mm. It doesn't work like that. Yeah. You know who was uh, one of my favorite characters to voice? Mm. The Red Elf. Oh, yeah. Yes, yes, I yes. liked his cadence. Oh, my favorite was that Was that like the Irish? No, no. He was, he was really, he was like, it wasn't even an accent. It was a thing that's not around. <laughs> he said a cadence. The way he spoke was different. Yeah. You yeah, did? Right. My favorite encounter was probably Fre- the first Freddy. Mm. Yeah, that's a highlight for me as well. And and I know it is because that was the only encounter, or at least to that time, it was the first thing we did that I, and this is, I guess, bad to admit, but I'm just being honest. That was the first thing we did, other than the storyline itself, that I thought about between sessions. Mm -hmm. I thought about the fight with Freddy and the dream during the week between the right. only other thing that I ever did that about was in the beginning, just trying to figure out the whole man and white what's right. going on. Right. But even when we would end and I knew a battle was coming, I would be like, ah, we'll just, because the Freddy one didn't rely so much on roles as much as it relied on. Out thinking how you were going to, you know, that's where I came up with the whole scorpion. There was a time, combat. David, where even all your clever thoughts was going to backfire and you, you were on a big tower and remember, you were, you were fighting him on top of the big tower of, mm-hmm. of a pillar almost. That pillar was going to turn into like a snake and the mouth was going to eat you. But you said something smart. You said, yeah, well, I don't believe in you anyway. So he had to come in front of you and say, I'm real because part of his power is people have to believe that yeah, he's around. But I knew that. See, I thought about it. Right, the right. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as he appeared, I did the scorpion that I planned that all out the whole oh story. there's another thing guy. a little a little thing that never happened one of the things coming from our world where you know sometimes you were taken away when there was an introduction of a demon you were taken away to the guy with the flute glass with the poison Kool-Aid you were mm-hmm. taken away to that room with a radio you'd have been taken away you're gonna put in a moral combat tournament and you're gonna I was gonna make stat sheets for Sub-Zero and Scorpion I decided against it but that was one of the things that's going through my mind as a potential that, that brings oh. up a question Every most of the things we faced were obviously very specific, real things. Real just meaning actual characters. Mm-hmm. So the grenade kids and the Kool Aid cult—that was just something that's not drawn. That's like a mishmash of things, right? I think I don't think any of them were not a mishmash. Everything has been a mishmash. Nothing was taken directly, except even Freddy was Freddy and Jason. Everything was a mishmash. No, I know what you mean, but in a but you get what I'm saying. Like Doctor Freeze, Freddy is Freddy. Mm-hmm. I understand he didn't act 100% pure Freddy, but my point is, who's the cult guy? Right, yeah, the cult guy is, is, is most of inspiration comes from that cult that wore, like, the sneakers and the and all drank and oh, died. Um, two different Oh, cults. that's, uh, oh, yeah, okay, I know you're talking yeah, yeah. about. The so, guys that wanted to ride on the comet. Right, yeah, the so com- it's a mix of people. those cults. Yeah. And who were the grenade kids? Huh, uh, you know, it's been a while, forget their inspiration. They may have just been an original Caleb thing. Okay. I can't remember if I had an inspiration for them. I don't think there's been any murders where people killed people in rays and stuff. You know, I know who my favorite character is. Who? I would have to say, favorite character and favorite encounter, Mana 
and uh, Thaddeus and the Garden Mother. Oh, yeah, that was that, that that was the first time as the player because I I hadn't played uh, a role playing game for years at that point. It's the first time I remember ever feeling legitimate fear and <laughs> oh my gosh, what have I got myself into here? And we're kind of the emotions that kind of flowed free on the character. But what was your favorite fight? The, My favorite. Let me know. was like that. That shows how much Valerian is such a bad man that he poisons even that. She yeah. he poisoned an encounter where Mana, who even David's like recognizing, like she's like the best character in the world, as in like morally, she's done nothing wrong. She tries to do good. She's like the most innocent. Yeah. She's like in in uh, Scarlet Letter. She's the yeah. kid, yeah. except without all the stupid annoying things the kid did in the Scarlet Letter. Yeah. She's the one pure light in the scenario. And then the one time you interact with her, you're afraid. Why? Because Valerian. Because mm-hmm. you thought Valerian was going to do something to you. Absolutely. And there you go. That goes Absolutely. back to why I didn't want to do anything to her. Um, I didn't want to make her pay mm-hmm. for Valerian. And, and yeah. Thaddeus, again, uh, Thaddeus adored her, honestly. Right. Um, not, not in a way that, oh, I'm in love with her. It was very much a, a uh, chivalric, hmm. uh, I, I would be honored to guard you and to serve you and stuff like that. Uh, very much like Phoenix. Um, what was your favorite fight? My favorite fight? I don't know if I could pick a favorite fight. Uh, there were so many great fights. Um, I think that I would have to pick like the most uh, gut-wrenching fight would probably have had to have been the um, either uh, the tomb of Obnixilis. Where, Which part? Oh, the whole thing. Okay. The whole thing, the, from the top to the bottom. From from the uh, to quote Gandalf from the high from the lowest dungeon to the highest peak. Oh, it was great. Um, By the way, that was a huge mistake we made in the game. Oh, I don't think so. Yeah, it was. I don't think so. I think getting that ring, not using the ring, was stupid. <laughs> getting it was fun. It's the same thing. I even you ne- no players have never learned. The, hey guys, if you've done this, no players ever learned this lesson. Use the things you have. Don't save them until you to end. You die with potions on you. You die with uh, two more charges left in your wand of cure heavy wounds. You die with the <laughs> ring in your pocket. Use the stuff you got when you can. Guys, you've been listening to us for 42 episodes now. I'm the, I've died twice. More times if you count the times I've come back. Use what you got. Yeah. Please, and that please, was literally so the worst. who's done it, use what you got. We were captured, and you died as that is... And we literally had a thing in our pocket that we could have wished for anything, as far as we knew, in the yeah. world. Since since you could wish for anything, it was a GM's nightmare of planning. <laughs> but one thing I did plan is I planned an entire encounter is if you wished, if you were generic. Because you guys are talking about, if you read more about the rings, the more generic, the better. Mm-hmm. If you get super specific, it'll realize you're trying to trick it and it'll twist it. Um, if you generically said, we just, I wish for help whatever in like an encounter and all stuff the uh helicopter and the and the sergeant would have come and helped you and you would have gone on the on the helicopter and you would have been able to use the minigun and you would have had a whole battle with a bunch of lin kuei with the jet drop and napalm for you and everything was going to be on your side i was disappointed that never happened because i thought that would have been a cool battle i I was so honestly as that is i was so afraid to wish because there was that genie in the bottle kind of idea of oh and this goes to me as a player, as my bias. I was so afraid you were going to twist my words as the GM into something that I didn't want. I wish for help. Here's a spoon. So here, let me reveal here, here, how the wish helpful. ring works now. The wish ring and the wish spell, uh, it works in this way. If you ask for something, 
it'll give it to you. The only time it monkeys pause you is if you're too specific. Or if you ask something that's a bit out of its power range, it'll try to get as close as it can to it. So you might not get exactly uh, what you wanted. I wish the only the time it tries to directly go against you mm -hmm. is if, you get, if you're trying to outsmart it. If you say, I want help in the form of this way and I want him to do this and I don't want him to hurt me and I don't want him to do this and I don't want him to do this and I don't want him to do this, then it's almost vindictive. Mm -hmm. And that's the way the wish spell reads. Yeah. So, and you know what would have been interesting? If Thaddeus would have wished Orokusaki dead, <laughs> then he would have been the Orokusaki. It crossed my <laughs> mind, but I didn't know how... I mean, 20, hindsight's twenty twenty. Um, what would have happened? Yeah, you never know. What would have happened? Thaddeus would have been the one in charge of the Orokusaki and David playing second fiddle. Even at that point, you didn't know that. You didn't know that Orokusaki was the I, I couldn't have. And so no, if I'd known, I would have changed it. But He had the ring, yeah. and that would have been the wish at that moment. Orokusaki was another villain that had more to him than ended up getting explored. Yeah. But you know what? Uh, to come in from My Fair Encounters, the Freddy thing, I'm glad that was a highlight. All of it seems to be a highlight of ours. I enjoyed that a lot. And it's one mm -hmm. of the reasons I, I decided to keep Freddy still in the world because I think he's a really cool idea and character. Mm -hmm. um, but another, I really like the ice encounter. It was fun to design and build and oh, play yeah. in the Lich's Temple where you had to yeah. move the the statue was moving it to stay with it. It frees the room. That also created the really cool thing where Thaddeus almost died with the Vrock and he caught its tail and, and, and the rest of the party thought of a clever way to get the Vrock oh, yeah, to come that was down. Fun. The whole that was party fun. worked together. I enjoyed that one a lot. And I and this final dungeon was fun to plan and fun to go through to the whole white room. That way you guys could continually try a new path or try to more efficiently go through a path. Let me tell you the other things that would have happened. If you went left. Oh yeah, I do want to know. The, by the way, that flame, that that light was just a fire, a small fire. What light? Uh, uh, some of there's a flickering light down the hallway. Okay, just a fire. It was a fire, um, but you would have went by the Colt's room, and he's still in his room, and he would have said, "Come sit down for a drink," and you would have to make a bunch of will saves versus him trying to poison you again. <laughs> uh, and then you you would have gotten to that wall, the Terminator. You would have seen how the wall was made. The Terminator was going to shove a guy into the wall, and it would have collapsed. You would go down back to where the helicopter is, and you would have to fight the sergeant and the puppet. And the whole idea of that battle was with the puppet there, everything's dark, and you could only ever see where anybody was when a muzzle flash came off or a lightning bolt. So it would have been about where are they now, where did I last see them? And it was just the sergeant dude, just by himself. Essentially. Yeah. The puppet wouldn't be seeing him until the end. And then if you went around, you would have also seen the alien, and that's it. If you went straight down the hallway, it would have been Smith and then the thing. The thing would have been at the end. He would have been talking to you, and unlike the radio, you could see an old person talk to you and stuff like that. And as you were going through the stuff, you would and you turn around and he's transforming. And the thing you would have to figure out that can only be killed with fire. If you tried any other method, you would just he would just multiply. Because in the movie, you cut off his arm, the arm becomes a new thing. So unless you used fire, scorch it. Yeah, it would have. So it would have been a very tough enemy. It would have been a while. You probably would have died a couple times trying to figure out how to kill it. So that was the. Would have happened the other direction. You you never had us intend. You never intended us to face Freeze or uh, uh, Kaiser Soze. Okay, no. that Freeze was my biggest concern through that <laughs> whole dungeon, honestly, because uh, the other guys we could foreseeably find a way to get around. Freeze is is a like the Terminator is a walking menace. Hey, we beat him before. We uh, still. I don't. You remember how long it took us to get around? I mean, if I had to pick a least favorite battle. It probably would have been how frustrating Freeze. Uh, I like that battle because it was, it was dynamic. Fun, the battlefield changed as you fought. It was, and that that was the frustrating part because as a as a ranger, as an archer, 
That's your worst stinking nightmare. Is every time you get a good spot, the battlefield changes on you. You have to find his another. mechanic was, I think, the first time. Uh, after you got hit the first time, then he used out the sensors. Mm-hmm. And after the second time, if you ever missed him, he would create a wall so you couldn't shoot him from the same spot. Yeah. And then he also had the bonus, uh, the a bonus thing of if he ever got hit from the catwalks, he would freeze them and get rid of them. Mm-hmm. And we had to hit him from behind. And also after his first shot, he would he would. Uh, start freezing the floor right. to make Wasn't it that him? Terrain. Yeah. We had to hit him in the back. Right. Um, but I actually really, I, I, at least I enjoyed making that and, and, and going through it. Um, I actually enjoyed that one. My least favorite encounter was the one, that was the one I messed up, probably the Coliseum, because I messed it up. My fault. Um, I think my favorite moment, one, I mean, my second favorite encounter, besides the mono one, would have to have been that day on the beach with Valerian. Oh, the, interesting. Because that was... It's a rare moment of somebody uh, impressing Valerian with their way they talk. Yeah. Um, that, as a character, made me feel good, but also, unlike Thaddeus, who was very Christian, very stuck in his ways, moral, there, I, I almost felt there was a meeting of the minds with Valerian and Thorin. Was a, the, the way I saw it, they're very, both very pragmatic people. Thorns are very young still. Valerian's forty something. To all of our forty-year-old <laughs> players and listeners, there's nothing wrong with you. I love y'all. I love y'all. I promise. Um, but there's there was that witty exchange between the two of them, uh, kind of comparing uh, Valerian's machine mindset to where Thorn found himself in that particular moment, which was engaged with nature. Thorin didn't necessarily love nature, but nature was his only weapon to use at that point. And he couldn't deny what he saw with nature and the things that learned lessons he was learning from. Oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And so, and that's what that's what I thought of the bucket with the sand and the water running around and over the uh, clockwork's foot. Valerian's like, boom! See, the castle's gone. Yeah, the castle may be gone, but nature always finds a way around it. That's what I I was. Uh, gonna try to say to Valerian at some point. I don't remember when, and opportunity never came up. Um, in the Coliseum, in the Coliseum, I was gonna shout something about a water bucket, but I, I, I decided against it just because I, I, I was like, maybe he doesn't know it's us. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe we, he we didn't still... until until you were beaten. He actually had no clue who you were. I was about, uh, maybe he we can still get out of this alive. We're just randomly sold. You know, it's it's a really smart a minor character, but I figured out who my least favorite character was to play and to interact with. I didn't mm. like the uh, shopkeeper. The, the <laughs> I love him. The Sean Connery guy. I don't know why I really did not enjoy being him or watching oh. him interact with the party because he was only trouble. And never have I had fun and interesting things happen from my players going to jail or anything like that. It's always kind of that was probably the most that was the most far and away from unfun I've ever had a prison cop reaction. Uh, interaction, you guys getting a lawyer and all that, mm-hmm. that was pretty okay compared that, to what usually happens when my players get arrested. I hate when my players fun. get arrested. Well, I mean, and it's lucky that Thaddeus was a citizen. I mean, I remember right yeah. when I was, we were first starting out, you said, okay, you have all this. Now I'm going to give you the option. Do you want to be a citizen or do you want to keep the stuff? Oh, I'll be a citizen. I'll take citizenship. Right. And so it was only because we, we, we ha- I had citizenship that I, I, I begged the question, well, Hey Caleb, as a citizen, would I know if I have rights or not? Yeah, you know you have rights. What are my rights? Do, do I get an attorney? Do I get counsel? Yeah, you do. 
and right. turning turning you against yourself was fun. Uh-huh. <laughs> and that also directly led to us losing a player. Uh, That's really what that was sort of the final straw. Yeah. For word with Josh. Josh. Uh, Josh. No word. Um, I don't think we ever discussed because I just kind of left. Word was this just wasn't his kind of game. He wanted to play a more goofy game. Okay. And so he just wasn't having as much fun as serious campaign. I understand. Uh, so he left. He came to me, and we had a little talk. And I said, that's cool, Word. He's my best friend in the world. He's my best man. It was and cool. I missed Word. I liked Word. Word was great. Going word, going problem. back and listening to the episodes, I'm like, Word said there's treasures that Word said that nobody just noticed because he was quiet or we talked over him. Uh, yeah. But Josh was a player that I asked the group, what do we think about letting him go? In the end, you left the decision to me, but I got, I got the input back from you that you guys also uh, – um, Thought it'd be better to play without him, and I approached him and said, "Maybe this isn't the game for you." And again, we left on good terms, still, Josh and I. Um, but that was just—that's learning to match your players with the GM and your players with the type of game you're playing. But it was just funny you brought up the whole going to jail thing because that was the scenario that sort of brought that all right to, to head. head. The way he handled that right. whole thing. Right, yeah. and there there were GMs that would play with Josh and only people like Josh. And they all goof around and try to find um, loopholes around, and that's their fun way. It's just not my way at all. That that upsets me. That's a pressure point for me, unfortunately. Um, but it's just the way it works. People are, play different games. Mm-hmm. There's a reason this podcast, I can partner with Softly Speaking Sanskrit, and we're not worried about stealing each other's listeners. It's because mm-hmm. we're two different. They always do theirs. They're always drunk. They're always doing funny, goofy stuff. We are more serious. We're always sober. Like it's two different things, and so you can. I listen. I, I myself listen to every episode of Selfie Speaking Sanskrit, and obviously I listen to our episodes mm-hmm. because they give me two different things. You know, I've yeah. been drunk sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I've I've never I've smoked my pipe. I don't think I've ever been drunk. Um, I was drinking whiskey tonight. <laughs> I there, there was one night I had like maybe two and a half beers. I got a couple so, little facts here. You guys never really discovered, and you guys can go on the Wikipedia, pdd.wikia.com. That's puppy, doggy, doggy, pdd.wikia.com. And you can find backstories to all characters, because I create backstories, and then sometimes we don't explore them, but I put them on the wiki there. Um, one thing is, the reason your house was burned down was because Orokusaki came and burned down your house, and he also burnt down your monastery. But you never went to the monastery, so you never discovered that. Oh, man. Uh, Valerian didn't... Oh. And oh. if you would have just worked for him for a little bit, you would have had your revenge. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Uh, oh, man. If it makes you feel better, no one died in the fire. Well, that makes me feel a lot better, actually. I, I like that the Father Superior is alive and kicking. So uh, Valerian did not, I don't know if you remember this, he did not order the execution of the secretary. Of the. Do you remember when Ward tried to bribe the secretary yes, yes. and then she yeah. was executed in the garden? She was executed by a guy that was a part of the old regime. Mm-hmm. Still thought, still thought the way of the old regime, the way of Valerian's father's regime. And when Valerian found out, he had that guy executed. It's like that's not back. how we do things. We have not in my, not the way my empire does not run that way. You, but you, if you're so interested in having things done that way, for you, I'll make an exception. Take him out to the garden, execute him. So that guy got his comeuppance. Um, and uh, if I guess if we had seen that, that, that's a rare human moment of Valerian, of seeing him. No, that's not the way I want to run this empire. It, it's a not. It's not not that. And again, 
I'm tainted with Thaddeus. I'm mm-hmm. I'm tainted by seeing Valerian as a as a villain as as a in his search through the gray. I only see him as black. Right. Um, that's a rare white moment where you I, I as a player see him. Wow, there really is re- are redeeming qualities about Valerian. He really loves his people. He really wants them to have a wonderful life. He really wants them to be safe, right. not have yeah, to fear the, the boots in the night knocking down their door or whatever. But even in that is the problem with Valerian. Yeah. Even in that situation is the world is what he says it is. Mm-hmm. That's yep. the problem. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, We're supposed to be like, oh, merciful Valerian. <laughs> that, you know what I mean? It's just like it never – anything good he does is tainted by his power. You know what I mean? And, and again, having someone – I mean, and again, we're we're Americans, so we're we're tainted by that democratic, we elect our president kind of mm-hmm. concept, of, well, who elected Valerian? No one had to elect Valerian. We we we. I guess there's a bias there. We immediately feel, oh, if we get to elect our leaders, all of a sudden, oh, they're better. Not really, but there's that idea. No one voted Valerian into office. No one chose to have him as emperor. He killed his father, took the title of emperor for himself. Right. Now he's made reforms. He's tried to help his people. He's tried to be a good emperor. One of his titles is usurper king. That yeah. doesn't bother me. It's not his form of government that bothers me. I don't care that he was elected or not elected. <laughs> oh, it's, his form I, bothered that is. There's a basic principle I remember from taking political science in college that was interesting. Mm-hmm. Is that people who are governed at some level have to agree to be governed. Yeah. So, uh, uh, see, a social contract. Yeah, eventually people get overthrown, even really evil Iron Fist people, mm-hmm. because eventually the people just will not be governed anymore, which was a scary thing happening in America. Like, if we lose all confidence in the police force, then we're basically saying, we no mm-hmm. longer view you, the police force, as a governing agent of the government. That's a problem. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that was my big thing. Once the people oh. of the North were clear that we don't want to be governed by an emperor, he's wrong to forcefully govern them. Now he's a tyrant. Right. I, I mean, with the people of the North, he has a problem. But with the people of the Empire, I, the theme I just kept seeing in Valerian was uh, an old Latin phrase, panamets or census, bread and circuses. Mm. Give them bread and circuses. Well, Give them whole- charismatic speeches and say, we're going to... Bloody the North. We're gonna. They took our freedom, under- our peace. Let's take it back. And that's my whole point. Wasn't Red and to overthrow Valerian just on a principle of there should be no. If he's the emperor of the of his empire and they're all fine with that and like him, then so be it. But the North didn't want an emperor. You know what I mean? And so it was wrong. And and again, that letter I wanted uh, Thorin to send. Um, it didn't get sent, but. Um, that was, I mean, the the week before that episode, uh, I just kept thinking about over and over, even if Valerian wins, he's going to rewrite history. History is written by the victor, in this world at least. And so Thorne's concern at that point, knowing that we were probably going to lose, send, some, send at least one account to an archive somewhere else, so that 100 years, 200 years in the future... There's another story... There's another story. Someone is going to be looking through the old archives. Discover America. (laughs) Someone's going to be ruffling through the old archives in the governor's mansion in the Southern Isles and come across this account. Wow, what the heck? What the heck's going on with this? And then they compare it uh, to 
the story written by Valerian and the Empire that the North attacked us, we crushed them, the, the, the insurrection was crushed, uh, the North was pacified, and became a... a Contributing uh, member of the Empire. Thank you, thank you. But couldn't have said it more perfect. Um, and then that when they come across this account, that's not the way it happened. I mean, and again, this is coming from a, a view of Thorne where he sees Valerian's dirty laundry. He sees the SPA, um, SCP. I almost said the SPCA, uh, SCP Foundation. He sees the plot with Anubricon to hide that from the people. He was going to put all of that in there. I mean, you, and you read the letter. Um, the, all of that was going to be in there from the from the uh, uh, from the beginning, and just getting to finally the closing. And it is with this uh, that uh, we in the North feel we have no other option but war. Oh, that's another question. I know you cleared it up a little bit, but real specifically. So the Lich, the visions we had from the Lich, remember that? Yeah. So the Lich made a de- was once a citizen of the Empire? He was uh, a founding member, you might say. He was not a citizen of the Empire. Uh, or His citizenship was irrelevant. He was a person at one point, that's mm. what I'm saying. With powers. He was a person who, um, unlike many other liches, was born with the powers. And so, as you saw through the, the the visions, were just little brief glimpses, and like when he was scared, like, what the heck, why are zombies raising around me? Or he's crying over his dead pet cat, and it comes back to life. And then the people, mm-hmm. uh, cool, because powers can bring back our, our our family. And then they figure out, after the these people slowly decay and, and lose their mind, oh no, now they're afraid of him. But then he made a deal with Valerian's dad yeah but the, yeah you saw a huge time skip you mm-hmm. just got to see teenage anubricon become maybe you know early 20s anubricon and then skip an unknown amount of years to where he's not even recognizable as a human being anymore yeah and yeah that's when um Valerian's father arcturus made a deal i you give me use of your dragon so that i have a, a powerful army and then i'll give you what you want what you want i want bodies and what exactly was the end goal of his bodies? Of Anubricon? Yeah. Some of that will probably be explored in season three. Oh, okay. But I will tell you that the bodies, the souls, he, the souls and bodies that he was taking, was to get workers to build that giant megalith structure, which we never got the answers about. No. And which is another thing where if you guys are super interested and you explored that storyline, you would have gotten answers. But there were other things that interest you, and the story took you in other directions. Mm-hmm. No, I was so interested. That, Remember, we sent investigators to figure it out, but then the whole right. SC... Right, you were interested, but you were interested in a million things, but you, you, you had to focus on some things, and that was just one thing you didn't. You chose not to focus yeah. on. You chose to focus on other things. And, and that, that was the great learning curve for, for me as a player, knowing I can't fix everything. Yeah. I, I, I can't Cannot fix, fix the, the whole world. world. And, and that, that, those are some changes I made in Thorin that were not there in Thaddeus that Okay, there's some things I'm just not going to touch. I'm just not going to do it. I miss Oscar. I, I would. I mean, it's, a <laughs> it's not interacting with Oscar more, but every, every player learns that from the start. Every player makes the same mistake when they start off. Is every little thread they chase every thread, mm-hmm. and then you learn is oh wait I can't I can't fix everything. Yeah. Why don't, Why don't you just put the world in a bottle, Superman? As uh, Lex Luthor said to Superman. <laughs> Here's another uh, fact. Uh, I did have God be an aspect in certain things, like Suko survived the poison because Thaddeus prayed 
God did a couple other little things. God surrounded you when you were sleeping. Um, so the four wings didn't attack you in the middle of the night. Really? Yeah. Mem- remember, Suko gave you that. She said she had a, a dream about all the shining ones. Oh yeah. Surrounding that was that. real. That was angels came and protected. Oh and oh and Suko's dreams. The man in white. Remember, she had a dream of man in white, and it took her to a horrible place. God was giving Suko. Uh, by the way, having to role play God is terrifying. Um, was uh, giving Suko chances to repent. The man in white was showing her how, like, this is your fate. You need to repent. When the angels showed up to her, they said in Hebrew, repent, because they knew that David could translate when she woke up. Mm-hmm. Um, so they were giving her, the man in white and God was giving her chances. Um, and the bad dreams um, that you guys kept having was PTSD. It was never Phoenix. After you killed Freddy, until you just now fought him at the SCP Foundation, every other interaction was just uh, PTSD. And um, so Suko, when she she stopped having the terrible nightmares when she had her boyfriend around, she started having nightmares, and then they went away when she got to sleep with uh, Atori. Uh, and then when he sacrificed himself, he wasn't there to sleep with her anymore. So she started having the nightmares again. I say sleep with, just normal sleeping with. Yeah, I got you. So that's why she had the nightmares again. But here's the, so there was a time though that God stepped back in a way, in a, in a manner of speaking. David, when you told the world or your your people to kneel to you, God yeah. was like, all right, I will help you if you kneel to me. But if you already have people kneeling to you, I guess you don't need my help. And it was kind of like I was fooling around with him sending an angel to kind of like help you realize it. But I'm like, no, let's see if David can figure it out. I was going to do like a thing where you find a passage in the Bible. But I was like, nope, David figures it out or not. I was going to like highlight the thing where um, Mary tried to bow to the angel. And the angel said, whoa, whoa, whoa I'm not God. No one yeah. vows anyone but God. But I decide David figured out or he doesn't. And then at the very end, I had the thing with Thaddeus so that you could have your guns holding all that stuff. And there you were like, you kind of settled back on track. So that was God kind of was like, okay, I will help you again now that you want my help. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, there was a period. From that period, you, bowed, uh, you, you had everyone bow down to you. And the period where you just got to the SCP Foundation and found the, the sheep, that section, I had God in no way. In, in no way. You know what I mean? I know what you mean. Nothing special came out Deus Ex Machina to help you in any way. Uh, another thing, this is on Phoenix's page, or at least once I write it, by the time this is released, it'll be on Phoenix's page. Uh, his backstory, the reason he went after Suko after she had been stolen, the reason he continually was nice in his own way to Suko was because she looked like his deceased wife. Ooh. He outlived his wife because he is a vampire, which lives a very, very long time, and his wife was a human or an elf or some other, not a long liver. And so Suko just looked like her. And so it reminded him. And so just based off of that, he did some nice things for her. That's why he cared about her and took the bullets out of her, why she did, why he did some nice things for her. Oh, and uh, to give you a fact, Dom, hmm. if Thaddeus hadn't have died... Just so you know, I had talked to Caleb on the side about this whole idea of me becoming the Emperor of the North. We went to go mm-hmm. see Fury. And part of my plan was um, I was going to have Thaddeus stop being involved so much in the killing and all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, and my plan was that. to have Thaddeus um, like open a mission and Christianize the North. Yeah, I remember that. So that conversation. What he was talking about with making everyone bow down was kind of like when I lost that and I was like, well, mm-hmm. I can't, it, it would be too much to do everything I was doing and then somehow become like a religious right. 
leader. So, you know, obviously having them kneel, you're talking about the party, right? Yeah. That was more out of you shot the showing like a sign of respect. Obviously, I wasn't saying right. I wanted them to treat me like a god. I wanted them to. You were heated. You were heated, too. You weren't thinking super straight. Yeah. It was more of a um, pick a side. Like I was drawing a line in the yeah. sand right there. Yeah. But it is funny you say that, Caleb, because remember, that was part of my plan was to go yeah. yep. the north. Mm-hmm. It just did happen. Thaddeus went and ruined in it by martyring himself. <laughs> But I mean, and, and as all of our listeners know, even to this day, even as I play Thorin, I still have very much a love affair with Thaddeus and his character. Right. And think uh, about I'm, how happy Thaddeus would have been when I'd have been like, "Put down your sword, oh. pick up a Bible. <laughs> your job now is to spread the good news." Like a like a crusader coming home from Jerusalem after seeing the Holy City, <laughs> getting home, uh, going to a monastery, putting his sword away, praising and worshiping God. Um, as a regular human being uh, outside of the game, I, I enjoyed listening to um, uh, chanting, monastery chants, chant. Gregorian chants, and Coptic chants. And that's that that life and teaching people about Christ would have been. Then Valerian would have lost. Yeah. <laughs> God but on that, our that, side, no nation can rise up against us. That, uh, that, that would have been Thaddeus's pleasure. Most pleasure in the world is doing that, putting his sword away. And um, that was going to put you in charge, not strategically, but I was going to put you in charge of the military. Yeah, but I, mean, I was going to make it that the military basically had to answer to you as far as how they did things. Tactics yeah. and stuff. Yeah, more, I mean, I, and again, as you're going to hear coming up, as you probably heard at this point now, by the time this episode's released, I keep saying throughout this last part of this, la- the, this first season, well, is Thaddeus coming back? How about Thaddeus? Where's Thaddeus at? <laughs> Where's Thaddeus? Is he coming back? And, and, uh, I I have to say, I resent Caleb just a little bit, just a little bit, uh, when bringing that necromancer in, wow, Thaddeus can come back. I don't think he want to come back this way, but I want him to come back. David so, was telling me the other day about how he was so blinded by his want for Thaddeus back, he didn't even think about, consider, what am I doing here working with this necromancer? And it ended yeah. up biting him. And, and it was the only thing you could have said. Like, if he had just come to me and been like, I'll make you an undead army, I probably would have been like, no. I know I would have. I know oh, I would have. Thorin said was no. all happy about the idea. Right. I would have said no to an undead army. It was only because he said it was only Thaddeus being dangled out was the only reason I went for it at all. Mm-hmm. Another thing, um, Brom, the bard who you killed and the necromancer yeah. brought back to life, and you said, "All right, fine." Mary, you talked to him. He said, "You can become back again the official bard of the Lin Kuei." Well, since you went back in time before you went back to tell the Lin Kuei. When the Lin Kuei shipped off every uh, commoner back to the Empire, he shipped Brom back. He never <laughs> got his the deal you promised him. So Brom went back to the Empire. Another thing. Oh, but so back with the Phoenix thing. But the reason he did, he still like her personality rubbed Phoenix the wrong way. And there's your difference. As, as similar as David and Phoenix are, there's your difference. Phoenix was like, I don't like you. I'm gonna punch your face. And David at least had enough thing. Like I don't like Suko, but I'm not gonna kill her. Mm-hmm. But um, just did her. Thorin was a, a servant of the Orokusaki, so in public he couldn't <laughs> kill Suko. But there were many machinations going well, on. And in at his that head. point, Suko was a very different person. Yeah. Even even then, though, the machinations were, that were going on in his head to get rid of Suko, Thorin. Um, th- there was actually a uh, 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 a scenario I played out. Where um, 
I, I kind of get Suku alone in the woods and kill her and, and, and just kind of leave the body there. And when, uh, if David ever found out, if he ever brought it up to me, I would say, had to be done. I, I, I'm a servant of the Oroku Saki, and she was impeding I wouldn't have been that bad. My daughter. And one of my oh, favorite my... lines of the whole season was when David said, when I asked you to be my daughter, I didn't ask you to act like a child. <laughs> or when I asked for you to be my child, mm -hmm. I didn't ask for you to like ask like one. I thought that was such a good line. Yeah. And uh, it, it'll come out in it, but you, when you said earlier, it, it was also good how... Um... If you notice from the time we came back from the whole Gilgamesh time travel thing, yeah, it was the only time in the whole game, really, that Dom as Thorn, uh, when we go back and listen to those episodes, you'll, you'll see it. You stopped being, even though we never discussed it, because mm -hmm. obviously I didn't know your plan, really, Yeah, you stopped being subordinate. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Hmm. But it was the I, only I, time game that you were like that because even as that is even though you would go against me we always unfortunately in a lot of times went the way that i wanted to go mm -hmm. like at the end of the day that is would just be like okay let's just do what you want to well, do i mean and in a sense that i saw you as having a hand as having the hand of god on you in that i'm from this world word is from this world josh is from this world you you're so you're who the hell are you or i think earlier you were talking about Wait, you're related to the people in the Bible by blood? Yeah. What? Yeah, and and but so we have no one like that here. You you were very much a different uh, cut cut from a different cloth for Thaddeus. You were very much leadership material. You have been to the very place our Lord has been. I should follow you, sir. But then it was funny how it stuck with the theme of this whole game. Mm -hmm. Was uh, <laughs> I became like a Moses. I was a reluctant leader because everyone was like, lead us. And then I would do something and everyone would be like, oh, we don't want to do this. We want to go a different way. And it was like, okay, well, you know, then don't follow me out into the desert and then complain we're in the desert. You know? <laughs> and that kept happening to me where it was like, I remember talking to Caleb about that. It kind of bothered me, like where I felt like everyone was waiting to see what I would say to do. And then would then from that point on, would complain about everything I was doing. And I was just like, okay, well, somebody else. Right. Yeah, I think we like, all have a pre a new appreciation for our leaders after watching this fake leader lead a fake nation. We all mm -hmm. have an appreciation for, you know, how, how how we can at least see how it happens where a guy makes a decision and everyone hates it no matter what the decision was, <laughs> even though he asked their opinion. I think we all have a little more respect for that. Oh, there were there were absolutely times where even as a Dominic, I would, I would say, wow, that was a really dumb decision. I could have done way better than that. <laughs> And, and now we have less respect for Valerian-type leaders who just pretend to have other people's opinions yeah. and in no way lets their opinion shape anything right. he does. And uh, another another thing that – it's kind of weird, dumb that it happened, but I'm happy it happened was that you never used the ring because one of your favorite characters came out. I'm glad Lightning got a voice, mm. very, or, or, figuratively got a voice, became yeah. a person. It was cool to have him as no longer a Firefly. Yeah. And, and you know – for me, playing throughout the whole thing, lightning was was very much for me. I don't know if you meant it this way, Caleb. Very much the the hat tipping to Thaddeus, the the proverbial yeah, definitely. Uh, um, from beyond the grave, this is Thaddeus's influence to the party, definitely. Um, and and tragically, Thaddeus never got to meet lightning yeah. for real, mm -hmm. and even have a conversation with him. Yeah, yep, it's all on Dom. <laughs> Don't let the don't let the facts get lost 
in the fog of all this. Oh yeah. Oh, uh, and was again, killed. he he. I was martyred. Absolutely. Killed himself. But I stand by what I said. I, I, not, I, not an hour ago. I could I see how his character did it. He viewed Oroku Saki as an evil man. I'm not going to listen to an evil man, no matter what he says. I won't do it. He, Thaddeus would not have done it. Which Orokusaki was much deeper than that. Yeah. I mean, very oddly, everyone called him Orokusaki the Merciful. Like, mm-hmm. that's a weird thing to call a guy that had to plan to destroy the world, right? He was a deeper character that we really didn't get to explore too much. Um, which is another thing that happens. Sometimes it happens the way the story goes. But if you remember, I was the only one that was kind of like, we're the, I wasn't mad, that mad at Orokusaki. You want to we talk to him? Remember, because I kept saying all the time, mm-hmm. Let's talk. we're Let's the talk. bad guys here. Oh, but, yeah, it's I mean, true. You did keep saying that. For for Thaddeus, as soon as he got that read, that uh, Detect Evil, and he, it, I mean, for him, it was like a flare going off in the room. Compared to everyone else, there's some evil here, some really good guys here. But the way you described it, Caleb, I, I think was like just sort of like this black yeah. object. And uh, Thaddeus had never come across anyone like that before. And so for him, it kind of encapsulated an embodied evil incarnate. And so he would he would have nothing. He he would take the beating. He would take the torture. Uh, you'll probably if I don't know if it's out yet or not. Um, but as soon as it'll come out, uh, you're going to hear me making all the whimpering, disgusting, torturing sounds that I was awful at. Right. Um, but he would uh, again. I I stand by the decision Thaddeus made. Do I want him to be alive? Absolutely. But. I stand by his decision. He would not have done anything differently. Even now, sitting here... In the end, he was an evil man. In the end, he wanted to kill innocent people, the entire world. He wanted to freeze it. And we did kill him. That is. (laughs) I knew we were going to kill him. The hindsight's 20-20, David. You know what I mean? No, that wasn't hindsight. You think I went along with it because I wanted to work for him? I knew (laughs) we were going to kill him. Um. But, you know, that's an interesting thing. We didn't get to explore what would happen if you, like, burnt down all his businesses and, like, come at me, Orokusaki. We mm-hmm. went a different way with the ring and getting captured. But um, it it was discouraging to hear none of you say that Valerian your favorite character because he's always been my favorite character. But I think he's the person we've talked the most about. So at least in some way I see that he has affected you guys at least a little bit. Absolutely. Well, he pushed the story the most. Mm. Without Valerian, nothing... I mean, he kind of, he, he, he's basically the narrative of the whole story. It's all based on Valerian. We're pawns in the story. A sad thing kind of was that, David, you're one of the closest things Valerian ever had to a friend. Ended up they betraying should. him and turning she, behind. No, but I don't look at it like that. I didn't betray him. What, turning against him. Yeah. If he was my friend, he would have listened. Right. Yeah. That's why I say the closest thing. Yeah. Um. And it took, a, and some, once it took somebody saw, from a different world. And once I saw that he was going to be, that's why I made those plans. Once, it, once he said, once I told him what I thought about his plan and he just foo-fooed it away, I was just like, all right, well, the, up until that moment, I would have went along with him. Like, oh. Meaning if he would have just said, right. you know what, you're right. Let's find it just a way for the North to be the North, but to still achieve what I'm trying to achieve, I would have done everything to, to make that happen. And so you, he, oh. he, he chose that path. And Kaiser's manipulation of the whole thing was... and that Oh, man, that was something that was supposed to happen. I forgot about part of his speech was supposed to be about how... You know, listen, I've been in here, and you've been out there doing all sorts of stuff. You started a war, and this is all just benefiting me, but what did I do? 
you guys made these decisions. Mm-hmm. One of the things, but of course he's manipulating things. But one of the things he manipulated was, put it this way, the person who was best in position to stop him and his regime was Valerian. Valerian's whole mindset was, if it's not from this world, it's we don't want it. We need to fight against it every way possible. Yet, somehow, Kaiser found a way to get David and Valerian, who should be the best of buddies on this one issue of demons, keep them locked up, or kill them, or whatever we can do. <laughs> he somehow made you two turn on each other. And how did he do it? With one sentence. When he said, um, you no longer need to bear the weight of your crown. Give it to me. He didn't influence Valerian to say that. He knew Valerian was going to say that. So he said it to you, David, to make you think he influenced Valerian. Yeah, but I never... But that's not true. But I never took that into account. Yes, you, I remember you talked to me about uh, when he said no, that... But I, you but talk I about talk, how it looks like um, Kaiser can have influence on Valerian. No, no, I get all that. But I meant... I also remember talking to you about... I'd never put credence into anything Kaiser, Kaiser says. I remember talking to you about that. So just because he knew he was going to say that doesn't mean I was sitting there going, you know, putting all the credence in the world into it. Because I know that he's a manipulator. Right. My whole problem with, again, my only problem, if Valerian had, even after saying that, if Valerian had just not wanted to be emperor of the world, I would have went along with him. Right. That was the issue. It was nothing else. Hmm. It was nothing else. But no matter what, whatever motivation, in the end, Kaiser was able to make it so that the two people who could best stop him were enemies now. And now they were yeah. fighting each other. And now he's out of his cell. Yeah. And, you know, um, I this is where my regret comes in. I can't help but thinking things might have been different if Thaddeus were around <laughs> to counsel both sides. Now, Valerian wasn't going to listen to you. Well, no, he wasn't going to listen to me. He he but... he did not like you, and he was every time you interacted with him, he hated you more and more. Of course, you were absolutely. useful, and then at the point you're useful, you're supposed to be out of his life, and you kept interjecting for stupidest things like, "But you want a bounty for killing? Check fine, give him the bounty." Mm-hmm. And like the more you kept bugging him, like, "Why are you here? I summoned Suka. Why?" You just kept annoying him. If you kept coming, he would have gotten so mad at you, Thaddeus. <laughs> so I mean, and, and again, this is where. Thaddeus is kind of useless to the to Valerian, but I mean, the the imprint that Thaddeus left is, um, in, in a sense, causes some of Valerian's pain later on down down the road. Uh, Thaddeus not being there to counsel against war, what happens instead? You have Thorin there counseling. Yeah, let's do it. Right. Kill every single one of them, man, woman, and child. By the Hit way, it. that was part of the reason Suko had. Lightning assassinated, and why she even deemed it so important that she was willing to sacrifice her, the lo- her love of her life to do it. Because it was he was... a he was close to you, and she wanted to hurt your heart. Mm-hmm. And b, she knew that he gives good advice. But then again, it's not... very much the ripples in the water. I would have went along with it too, Caleb. Just so you know, like if if the if the council had all voted to assimilate, I wasn't going to trump them. Right, like you said, I'm... you wanted them to choose. Yeah. When, I I don't I still don't remember how did we what, who what was the first rumblings of the council like what when we start maybe we should form a council I don't well, I mean but when it was after um the keepers uh killed all the old leaders not on purpose right. just because the leaders had a very old traditional style of you lead your men mm-hmm. so they were the first ones to fight the keepers and they could kill them and keep going over to Kaiser. Yeah. So with them all dead, David had to recreate, and you were like, ooh, I'll come up with something, and Thorne came up with a whole set of the way mm-hmm. it should go. 
But again, the keeper's mission was not to. That's just the way it worked out. The keeper's mission was kill Kaiser. They found him. Yeah. Anything in we their had, way? We had a vacancy dead. in leadership, and the council was our way of replacing the yeah. leadership. Yeah. And, 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 and under David, the Lin Kuei, as much as I think a lot of the things are worse off after David left, one thing that is better is that, ironically, against you know what every, everything kept Valerian kept saying about, is they got unified. Mm-hmm. The last Kaiser, uh, the last Orokusaki, Orokusaki the Merciful, split them up. He said, humans only. I don't trust nature. David came back. Now he's like, nature, bring it all back in. All the nature comes back in. Equal voice. There's more nature than there is humans on the council. Mm-hmm. You you reunified the nation, essentially. And and that that is my confidence in the war. If it was if we didn't have nature on our side, the pragmatist in Thorne would have said, no war, absolutely not. We have no way of winning. Right. I mean, but with nature, there is that sense of the nature will run over the foot of the clockwork. That at the end of the day, with nature on our side, with that enchanted forest concept we were talking about, slaughtering the orcs, uh, uh, the idea you played with of Korhal being overrun with nature, in a sense, no, we can't occupy the empire with force of arms. It's not, that would never happen. We just not enough of us. It's a different war. You're, fight, you're waging a different war. Yeah, a different, a fighting it different than anyone who fought it. That's why Arcturus didn't. For his first sight was not. It may have been the North, but he said, "Nope, I'll take care of that later. Let's mm. let's get some maybe That's guys easy. I can handle." They're yeah. very unknown. I don't know what I'm fighting if I go up there. Mm-hmm. Where and, and the dwarves, um, the concept of the dwarves is always fascinating to me from the start. That they're the holdout. That the Empire can't um, can't get them. Yeah. Uh, that Valerian, I'm sure, has plans in the had or has plans in the works somewhere, if need be. How do how do I fight these these uh, mountains? No workers? traditional army will win versus no. I mean, um, well, an encampment of uh, inside a mountain. Well, they're the dwarves sit. All they have to do is drop tunnels on their enemies, or say, okay, your supply line's gone. You buy all your weapons from us. Yeah, exactly. And so that was always like kind of a hope for Thor, Thaddeus, and later Thorin get the dwarves involved but um that that head-to-head with the empire um no we probably couldn't have won but we the hope was just bloody them they could win nature or uh, the north no the north they could win in the way we wanted to win and the only reason i'm saying that is because of what caleb was just saying was yeah um, Yeah. that was my whole plan and that would have taught valerian the lesson i was trying to teach him like Mm -hmm. once and we see in our history of this world is once the people decide they want to be free, mm-hmm. it's almost like the harder you try to squash that, the more mm-hmm. you just stoke the flames of. And and as we've seen, is, as that, is, is, are we getting reference back to Josh's reason why we didn't win the Vietnam War? <laughs> no, but it's true. Well, I mean, we didn't have the right shoe in the fight. You know, we're whether, fighting, whether they're protecting their homes, we're fighting for our dinner. They're, right, they're, you're always going to lose. You know what I mean. And whether whether we're whether the fight is six months or five hundred years, eventually uh, the fighting will end in favor of the people fighting it at, at home. I think you usually that history has shown. So once um, that council came together and said we want to be a free people, 
then I had no doubt they could win that war. That's why if they had voted, we don't. No, we just don't want that. We want to assimilate. I wouldn't have trumped it because they would lose. And right. Sedonis's vote, surprising as it was to me that he voted no, being the the commander of the army, he voted no. His reason wasn't that I, 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 I don't want us to be free. It was, I don't think we can win. Right. It was it, it, if, if we have a. If, if we have a foreseeable possibility of winning, absolutely, no, we, we, we're not going to submit to the Empire, absolutely not. Um, and that, that was uh, a curious thing for me. But, uh, you know, there's, always, there's something I do have a question about. How did you decide their votes? Like, when it comes to a vote like that for something, how do you decide something like that? In the past, I've, based off of uh, the conversation, I would just say, like, I'm rolling, I don't know, say a D10. And one through five is yes, six through ten is no, mm-hmm. and then I'll give them pluses or minuses depending on how their character has been influenced or how the conversation happened. Mm-hmm. I didn't do that this time. This time I just made a judgment call based on each person's character and what they contributed to the overall conversation and how convincing your guys' arguments were. Mm-hmm. And remember, America was inferior to England in every single uh, way. Like if they, if you fought a war on paper. America doesn't win the Revolutionary War. America mm-hmm. was inferior to England. No navy, no, no, no strong military force. And Ameri- and England was already in America, obviously, in a very real way, all the way deep rooted, and mm-hmm. had allies within the rebels, and mm-hmm. still lost because, um, again, those were just hired soldiers. Yeah. Who weren't really well, fighting for anything. The the distance in that scenario helped. The thing I kept coming back to in my head, they're a hop, skip, and a jump over the border. It's true. I, I, if, I, I, if I threw a rock hard enough from the center of town, I could probably hit the border. No, no, but for Valerian, it still would be the same problem. It, even though it's not that far, it's still like a month, right, mm-hmm. of traveling. Yeah. So it's still going to be guys in tents away from their home. Yeah. Uh, well, 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 it would have been, it would have been, but he had clockwork. Yeah. No, I understand Which is that. why the factories were so important. But that was part of the plan was, we, he was already talking in the Coliseum about having to send people now, and eventually those people are going to get up one morning and just be like, why are we doing this? <laughs> well, and that, that was the whole reason, the clockwork was the whole reason why you have to hurt their civilian population. If, if it was guys in tents coming to fight us, okay, absolutely, we can do that. We don't have to wage this you can't war. Intimidate, you can't demoralize the clockwork. No, no but that's why what, destroying the factories is such yeah. a key part. Yeah. What what you can do, and this was Thorne's thinking, if you slaughter enough of their civilians, if people are watching their fellow citizens going to work, dying, they're going to start questioning, why are we doing this? Right, it's going to destroy the factories. Part of the plan was, eventually he's going to have to send people, and, and we can win that war. And then there's that propaganda, why are you dying, citizens of the Empire? Yeah, for no reason. We want peace. Your emperor wages an aggressive war against us, threatening to destroy our home. Right, we, right, right. I don't want to invade you. And then when I first had envisions of the, of the war, of course it didn't work out like I wanted because there was so much subplot going on to it. Yeah. But that was my envisioning of the war was eventually I was going to like come out and like speak to the encampments, you know, like propaganda, like lay down your swords and go home and you'll see there's no trouble from us. You're dying for nothing. You're following <laughs> one man's vision. You know what I mean? Yeah, one man's uh, um, awful machinations of power. We could have sent them food. <laughs> 
One of my favorite twists, uh, there was a couple like little twists like, oh, this thing was happen here. One of my favorite twists, and it was kind of a small one, was just that Malganus was the Red Elf. Yeah. Because it was one of those twists that there's no way you could have seen it coming. You never heard Malganus's name. You always ever mm-hmm. referred to him or heard him referred to as the Red Elf or that pompous Red Elf or that idiot as the goal kept calling him bad mm-hmm. names. You never knew it was Malganus until he was chanting to bring back Anubricon and he said, come back Anubricon. You're like, what the heck? And Anubricon comes back and says, well done, Malganus. I liked you better than in your Red Elf skin. Mm-hmm. I just that I don't know why I enjoyed it so much, but I like that that little twist. Oh, uh, by the way, uh, Fallout Four is out. Hey, forty minutes ago. Starcraft Two, like tomorrow is all day Starcraft Two for me. It comes out tomorrow, and I get it really? in the mail. Oh man, I can't mm-hmm. wait to get it in the mail. Um, but what, what was your favorite twist of like little twists that happened? Any interesting little ninety degree turns that you thought were interesting? Seeing that Mer couple again. Oh, uh, them Thorne, not knowing you to realize Thorne, you were a child back in time. Thorn actually really liked them. Oh. They, they kind of the the home he never had because he's from the Southern Isle. So I kept envisioning for him, uh, he knew how to sail before he knew how to pee. Kind of right. Uh, he he loved the Southern Isles. He loves his home. He he feels like at the age of eight or nine he was taken. He was robbed of his home, and so anything had, having to do with the sea, the, like that mer couple right. was. Oh, it's home. I'm. I'm comfortable. I I, right, I, right. Can, I don't have to worry about the war. I don't have to worry about fighting or outwitting Valerian or serving David. Mm. I can I can have dinner with these people. I can relax. And that right. that beach scene was probably it was a the, moment of normalcy in a world of chaos. Yeah, for that that's what it was for people war. playing at the beach. A bunch of kids playing at the beach. What the heck? And and seeing and having and dinner. who poisoned it? Valerian as always. I mean, and, and he'll never see it. You can never convince him of it. He'll never see it. The having dinner with Valerian, just the concept of yeah. having dinner with him, <laughs> um, that that doesn't happen. Like, yeah, we've eaten with him before. We've, but it wasn't to talk business. Mm. It's just to have dinner, have a lovely dinner on the beach. Yeah, most of that conversation that goes Mana asking about our world, David. Yeah. What's your, what's what's amazing things that are happening here? I'm getting <laughs> getting drunk. Getting drunk. Oh yeah, and her getting drunk real quick. Yeah, I totally for as a character, I totally forgot about that too. Oh, I should have messed with Valerian more at that, but I wasn't thinking that night. Yeah, like it's, when she was asking all those questions, I should have been like, "Well, there isn't one man ruling it." <laughs> <laughs> we had that try a couple times, did not go well. What was one of your? What was a good twist that you enjoyed, David? Was the Orokusaki thing. Oh, that it was a title. I remember when it all started, it was so benign. Like, we just took, like, a side quest type thing off a bounty board just to... I forget why at the time. You were just killing time for your gun and his shield, his armor came through. Right, and so when we we took this benign thing that we thought was going to be a little side project that turned into, obviously, so much. Right. You know, it really... really, um, it was like a domino effect of bad decisions that just got us <laughs> deeper and deeper in trouble. And right. it, it all started from such a such a afterthought, you know what I mean? Yeah. And think about how close we were not even doing it. I remember that was almost, it was almost like a yeah. last minute, oh, yeah, I guess we'll just do that. Yep. Uh, Freddy, I think, I think we have a um, consensus here that Freddy was one of our favorite moments, things, villains, thing that came through. Uh, but putting him aside, what was your second favorite 
uh, SCP or thing demon that came through. The the um the helicopter army guy. Yeah, the Vietnam sergeant. Because it was something. I, I mean, it's kind of was a bittersweet thing, because it was something that um, was such a cool thing to imagine. Because we were always making the Army of Darkness references. Right, right. But just the idea of that that world. Like I was almost happy in a way, because that whole time I was at such a disadvantage in the world with with you know being a person of this time and place that's such a relier on technology right. and just people having no concept of how awesome <laughs> the power is of like these guys trying to take over the world with like clockworks that here like these monsters and the whole time remember I, the whole time I'm like well we have things in our world that would right. like these are these would be a minor inconvenience to mm-hmm. and it was cool just to see the raw like power of this like one helicopter with a minigun was able to was like unstoppable it, it was definitely a fun thing it was a good shock moment too like what the heck is happening blaring the music the minigun being loud a guy with a machine gun and then he was gone as soon as he came it was like two rounds of combat and then he was gone and, and, I, and how much of the rest of the game was affected by that one encounter and it was a fantastical death for uh that's how word left right that's how word passed yes he was in the cart he got cut in half yeah so that was my favorite kind of like uh, moment of what came through was the napalm helicopter thing. Yeah. I, I, see, see what I'm talking about? about you, Next thing, it's be a nuke. About you, Dom? What about me? What? The three-hour three conversation I had with Josh about how to throw a rock up in the air. <laughs> time to bring down a, a jet. Um, <laughs> what about my favorite twist? Your favorite SCP that came through. Ooh, it would have to be either either Zafiahar himself or um, it would have had to have been the most fearful. What it was would have been the thing, and only because I, I've seen that movie yeah, do I would I say that that's the most fearful. My favorite would have to be uh, the Ice Man, yeah, Mr. Freeze, hands down every time, Mr. Freeze. You know the the, the gonna... one demon I could probably have reasoned with as Thaddeus. Not that you can reason with a demon. But the one I liked the most, the one that had the most sense, and I felt this had the most repentant heart. If again, if that's possible, of all of them was probably Mister Freeze. Right. Yeah, the demons that came through reflected their counterpart. Mm-hmm. So Freeze had to reflect something. Something of tragic happened to that angel, that fallen angel. Maybe it was the tragic fall. Who knows what it was? <laughs> but there's something tragic in his backstory, and uh, it's why he came through as Freeze. And, you know, I agree with you. Freeze was also one of my favorites. I enjoyed playing him. He was intelligent. Um, he didn't have the same viewpoint as Kaiser, though he wanted the same goal. The way yeah. he talked about things. He talked about that sense of loss. But, like, David, i got to kill you because I need to stay here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but somebody, the close second was actually Agent Smith for me. Yeah. Because not only was the combat, I had a lot of fun with the combat with Smith. He, um, the way he is in the movie, it's so very close to the demon's point of view. The humans are a virus. I don't want like especially for this scenario we came up where remember he had that talk of Morpheus like inside your mind is the key to get me out of here, right? David's like with your heartbeat, if I can that's the key to get me out of your world, out of our world, the state of this new world. You're the mm-hmm. key, but your your whole kind of such contempt for the human race for the stupid disgusting monkeys it's the smell right Mm -hmm. so i think smith but they're not one of for his original character his inspiration 
uh, was actually one of the people that aligned himself really, really easily with the way I had demons think. By the way, I had a real screw tape letters problem yeah. with having to yeah. be in the mind of a demon so often. Yeah. It's really yeah. messed up, guys. I had to constantly think. Because I had to think as a demon, how do they feel? Do they feel betrayed? Are they jealous? What? Mm -hmm. Just thinking the way a demon thinks was 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 hard. interesting. Actually, it was pretty easy to do, but it was tough to deal with the aftermath. Um, in my own mind, because I have to try what? to become freeze and be his reason, what become Kaiser, like? become his reason, and then later on go, yeah, but that's wrong. I have to take the perspective of somebody who thinks God did something wrong. Mm. But in the end, I know that God let this happen. It happened. This was a just God who let this happen. And God is the most loving thing in the world. And that's what I know, but that's not the aspect that it come from from the demon's point of yeah. view. But they know the truth. They know who God is. They know what he's like. They just, and the way I kind of played him was they know more than humans do. Mm -hmm. And they look down like humans have this little glimpse. And that's why I, I always, always smirk whenever David or, or I said something that got one over on them because they would be so angry and upset about it. Like, I remember the one, one moment. Um, I know what you're going to say. One of the uh, biggest moments I thought in the whole campaign. Um, was uh, we were it was one of the SPC uh, events uh, that uh, SCP events that Dave and I went to, and we were talking to uh, Kaiser Soze. We were at the table, and Thorne, who is again, who's uh, very much a non-religious kind of guy, it's, uh, superstition for him, right. caught Kaiser Soze in, in a uh, in a moment in a, in a very brief moment of uh, logical. Um, what, what, what do I want to say? Um, not being consistent with his thinking. Or, or I think I said something to the effect of, if the creator sent his son for us, wow, he must really not love you guys whatsoever. Or yeah. something like that. Which is probably what, what, in my mind, hurts angels the most. Mm -hmm. um, but the moment I was actually referring to, it happened just before then, is when, it's the serious, most serious moment of the whole campaign, where David said, you can do all those things to my family, but I'll look for you on that day. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'll keep an eye out. That was that was a, that was a great and and that I mean the way you describe Kaiser Soze too he's just he he it went from a smirk and a that that superior attitude to a immediately right it its face dropped his his demeanor completely one eighty'd it's funny that you said that because I never described his face because he didn't have one but uh, you still got that vibe I, I that's what I, I in my mind's eye that's what I saw and they never um and in reality of course demons already know all this mm -hmm. which is why in the bible they it, what's interesting in the in human mythology we make it as if there's a war going right, on between right. god and the devil which there's not mm -hmm. and it's not um, a chess game. you know in the bible when they interact with jesus that's where i kind of got that line from right. you know it's always interesting mm -hmm. to me how in the bible they never other than when the devil tries to tempt jesus that one time mm -hmm. Every other time he comes in contact with just demons, like sub-demons or however you want to put them. Right. If you notice, they never threaten him right. or come against him. They're always just like, no, no, wait, this isn't fair. It's not, mm -hmm. you're Send not supposed to page, be here yeah. yet. You mm -hmm. know? But they already know what's going to happen. They just yep. felt like they had more time. Which is, so you could tell. The reason was... I said that, and you know, Caleb played it right, the impact would be like, he knows there is nothing he can say back. He's going to mm -hmm. lose. Mm -hmm. There's no war to win. They know that. You know what I mean, and, and so for, for and it would really would stick like a knife for a human, like a little nothing human that they can crush to say, well, it's not really going to matter what you do because in the end we all know Which how it's going to end. We saw how was that... their big motivation was that in this world, that looming day for some yeah. reason, 
wasn't impending anymore. Mm-hmm. Which is why they wanted so desperately to stay in this world. The the quick moment of oh, there's an out, and they they, they took it. They right. it's it's a hopeless it's a hopeless hopeless species mm-hmm. that for once was given hope. It's like if the humans can't have it, if they can have a second chance, why can't we take ours? Yeah. Um. But you know, Kaiser, you he actually proposed something very interesting to me. I've never had this happen to me where I. Almost didn't do something I was going to do because I didn't want to be uh, unsensitive. I originally was having uh, that picture that of Kaiser that you see on the site there that I sent you guys. I looked at that picture, and then that's where I created my character from. I had that picture, and I created a story for him and all that stuff. And that picture screamed to me, SS, or some Nazi of some kind. And David, because you're Jewish, I, second, I said, is that tasteful to have the main villain be a Nazi? And that's why whenever you interacted with him, he never had his band. Kaiser came through because the person he is most reflected a Nazi war criminal. But Kaiser despised. He's like, this was not... I'm, don't compare me to the humans. This He did not identify as the Nazi. That was not his identification. He also didn't wear it because he's smart. He knows if I come in with an armband of a swastika, I don't think I can talk to David. I don't think we're going to have a, a, a heart-to-heart, right? There's no convincing yeah, yeah. we can have. So there was also that aspect. But even like at the end there, when you got all his clothes, you saw he left the swastika armband behind because that just not that wasn't no. important to him. While not it reflected him. who he was, it wasn't he was he wasn't like for the Reich. And also, it was just I was talking to another GM about it. I'm like, what do you think I should do? He said, if that's just who he is, if it comes up, it comes up. It's just who he was. We never he never delved into how happy he was when he witnessed the Holocaust, like none of that ever happened. It was just, it was who he was. And if it came up, it came up. So answer me, was that done tastefully enough? Yeah, because I think what you did was you kind of, I don't know if you meant to, but you did do it. Um, it wasn't, it wasn't subtle, like because he's a German, like I knew you were kind of going there. Right. I mean, I didn't think it was a coincidence that he's a German guy and that uniform is clearly an SS uniform. I think so. I think it was just kind of one of those things that goes back to what you were saying. I think you kind of dangled it in front of me enough that I could have given you through my – I could have brought it up or I could have – but remember we talked about that before we even started when you asked us what we what's too far. Do you right. remember that? In yeah, yeah, yeah. For listeners who don't know, before said, I send – yeah, let me tell listeners. Before I play with anybody – I send them a thing telling them what they can expect and is there anything over the line. So for this is the one of the questions was like, is there anything over the line? So as if somebody, I don't know, had a miscarriage, maybe a bunch of babies dying wouldn't be the thing to play with them about. You know what I mean? Or if a person was raped when they were younger, sexual abuse is a big specific topic for them. So it allows them just to say, I don't want to see any sexual abuse. They don't have to admit to anything, but I just know that's a spot that I don't have to go to. So I send that to all my players and David. So I think... Um, not only just because I'm Jewish, but also not the, and don't get me wrong. I think all Jews can relate with the Holocaust, but I'm also a direct descendant of Holocaust survivors, which means I have living relatives whose brothers and sisters were really murdered in the Holocaust. You literally have a relative who was in Auschwitz. Yeah, multiple relatives, and and their brothers and sisters and mothers and fathers were murdered there. So for me, it's a reality of, and I remember we talked about. This, I think it would be in poor taste for me to play that in some, in a fantasy game. Yeah, you know, there's just certain things that are just like that's a real thing that happened. It's and disrespectful. Like, real family members of mine were murdered by them. Yeah. So it'd be right. like if my family was murdered by a serial killer, 
would I like you to be that serial killer in the game? And now we're playing a game about, you get what I mean? Yeah. So I don't mind that you touched it like enough that it was clear. I think even to people listening, it'll be clear that that'll kind of show through. But it was, yeah, you were right not to really go down that road of, like, yeah. I was at the Holocaust and here's what I... Because now we're, we're, you're blurring lines between right. what's appropriate. You know what I'm trying to I say? I think like, it's a matter of respect. Yeah. Yeah. It, it would definitely have been inappropriate to really go down that, that road. But it, I wasn't... It didn't upset me that you did it to the point you did it to. That I saw the armband. We all know that Nazis in human, at least modern, if not all human history, kind of was evil incarnate and and so it's not you know i I love indiana jones he's always fighting against nazis but they always make nazis sort of the the fall guy in those movies you know the greatest line is maybe if you read books instead of burning them right right i love that line but uh yeah but i I have one more question and then i'm gonna go because i'm I'm getting tired but i have one question for you yeah caleb and this is something we brought up a lot but now i want you to narrow it down okay of all the times we sort of threw a curveball at you, which I know is many times where maybe mm-hmm. you had something planned yeah. and then we do something that you really just didn't see coming and then had to change it mm-hmm. or not go down a road you had planned. Of those times, what was one that you were actually happy about where you were like, you know what, I wouldn't even uh, considered that and now I'm glad that we're going this way instead of that. You know what I'm trying to say? Like yep. what plans did we change that you were glad we changed that that actually ended up being more than what you were going to do? I think the answer to that question is you becoming a Rokusaki. It wasn't even on my radar, but when you and I went to go see that movie Fury and you kind of mentioned it and we were going back and forth, I'm like, that does sound cool. That was the biggest curveball. It was nowhere in my line of sight. And I think it ended up some really cool things came out of it. And, you know, and again, that's just a demonstration of the players controlling things. But you earned it as much as, like, I thought it was a cool idea. I wasn't giving it to you. I don't think anyone who listens to podcasts can accuse me of giving it to you or you guys getting it easy. You earned becoming a leader. I mean, you almost died. That final battle with Oro- that battle with Orokusaki, we lost one guy. Yeah, I did. David was very weak. You only won because you got past everybody, stuck your arm in the machine. You didn't even kill everyone, uh, but you definitely you earned it, and and that's part of I think GMing is if you don't earn it, you'll feel you'll feel that you gypped yourself. You'd be like, yeah. oh, this is given to me. This is... But now that you earned a Rokusaki, I think that it meant more to you than if it was just given to you. But it was a big curveball, and I think it really turned out to some really cool things, and it really changed the world in a way I like it. I love this world. I've been doing this world for literally years. I'm very close to this world. I, I'm protective of it. And you changed it in a way I never would think of, but a way that I'm really happy it changed it. And I think it made some cool things. Like, I'll be honest with you. You guys could have literally changed and killed or tried. I would have I would have been open everyone dying except Valerian and Mana. I probably would never let either of them die. No matter what way you try, I would come up with something. Every other way, you could come up with some way. And, like, you killed the Senate. I probably, you know, that's a weird thing, but you did it. Those two I would never in a million years let anyone kill because they're just so close to me. Yeah. And my favorite characters. And this world is that close to me. But letting you guys change it, you've changed in a way that I really like where this world is sitting at now. And I'm very happy. A game like Pathfinder lets three people come together and create a story together. It's not Dom creating a story. It's not David creating a story. It wasn't the GM, me, Caleb creating the story. We really created the story together. And I thought it turned out really fun. And I hope you listeners enjoyed it. I'm glad you guys came and enjoyed it. And, uh, Later on, we'll have some questions from the listeners. 
You guys can answer. And when you guys hear that, it'll be literally months, months, maybe half a year since we ended. So forget, forgive them if they forget something. <laughs> but for now, you know, this is the end of Trailblazers. Bye, everybody. We'll, we'll see you in season two.